Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad to go on for the ride on a Wednesday installment. Cool but gorgeous day here on the First Coast. Our Wednesday is always brought to you by AC Design. So when the weather's not gorgeous, they're the best in the business. They're also hiring uh, the best HVAC. Well, it's AC Design. That is the name to know. Frangie and Carline Brooks Saunders with you. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. Went for a brisk walk today. Long walk today. Listen to a little music. How far did you go? About four. Four and a half long for me. That's, That's a good little walk. Good ways, yeah. Is that yeah. why you're not eating your coconut shrimp? I, 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 actually, I ate a late <laughs> lunch. I had a business lunch. I'm all about business, Carlion. Uh, and then you I had stand on it. I stand on business. But I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what that means, but everyone's standing on business these days. So, um, but I had one coconut shrimp. Uh, didn't you, did you have a coconut shrimp? I had two. Did you have any? I had three, so I've had my allotment. <laughs> I may have another one. So just like there's. I told you, you have two more right, to eat. I may have another, so there's that. Um, uh, Trevor met the media today. That, that, that's the news of the day. Um, give me an overview of what Trevor Lawrence had to say today. I think most people are on Twitter and follow it, and they list our radio station, but in the event that you didn't, uh, an overview of kind of what Trevor said. I think you have to be encouraged by how well he's moving and uh, the fact that, you know, he wasn't wearing anything. Uh, you know, on the ankle, uh, other than what looked like a sock, but but certainly no boot or, you know, he was on crutches after the game, didn't have any of that. So, uh, and he talked like somebody who felt like he had dodged a bullet, that it could have been a lot worse than what it was, which is what Doug told us yesterday. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's encouraging. I, I, I went from feeling like there was probably a 20% chance he's going to play to now I'd put it at like, 45 percent I still don't think he'll be active but after seeing him today and knowing he still has 72 hours I now I'm I'm not putting it past him and and I do have to wonder if there's a there has to be in Trevor's mind a little bit of a challenge not that it's the same stakes it's not but he saw what Mahomes did last year and that is the guy that he's chasing and so it does make you wonder, does that go through his mind uh, in terms of not only did Mahomes do it, but he did it against the Jaguars in terms of returning from the injury right. in that game. And then obviously eight days later, played magnificent in the uh, AFC title game. So I'm sure that's going through his mind. Um, I, I will say the fact, that, the fact that he was not wearing anything today, I don't think that's gamesmanship on the Jaguars' part. I think Trevor Lawrence is – planning on playing so I think it's gonna I, I think it's gonna take him not healing to his liking between now and Sunday so I, I think it's getting much more closer to a 50-50 call Monday night when he threw his helmet slammed the helmet I thought he's not playing again this season then by last night I thought with Doug with what Doug said like I said Okay, there, there's a chance he's playing again soon, not, not right. on Sunday, but very soon. And after today, after Trevor meeting with the media and he was laughing and joking at times, I think he might play Sunday. Here's the beauty of this whole thing, right? And I'm kind of where you guys both are, by the way. But here, here's what I think. Here's the beauty. I'm now convinced 
the most he'll miss is one game. And he may not miss a game. But I'm not now watching him today, hearing the talk about it. I'm now convinced he's got a high ankle sprain. It doesn't need surgery. Um, it's very similar to what Patrick Mahomes did last year. I'm now convinced that uh, if he doesn't play against Cleveland, and I don't know if he's playing, um, none of us. I don't think he knows. I don't think anybody knows. But but I'm now convinced it's not a very serious injury. And I'm like you, Lauren. When he went down, I thought he's gone because you you think the worst, and you see him writhing in pain there, and so. So I think at worst he won't be out very long. That's my opinion. And I, I told you guys yesterday, I'll stand by this. Whoever plays quarterback, I think the Jags are going to play really well on Sunday. I just have this feeling that, that when, when challenged like this is when they are really good. And, and I think they're going to play really, really well in that football game. So we'll see, we'll see if I'm right or not. But, I, but I, my gut tells me it's going to be a very good performance by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see. A um, lot to talk about today on the program. i got a lot of thoughts about the portal that concern me. Uh, for a lot of teams, I'm going I'm to really get to the portal today and some thoughts. That's uh, one of our main topics. I want to talk about Florida. Uh, Florida. I want to talk about Jags Cleveland because Jags Cleveland is important now. Uh, I mean, it's an important game apart from the Trevor injury. Uh, I don't think they're going to have Christian Kirk for a while. Uh, I think Doug, Doug intimated yesterday that there's probably going to be a surgical procedure, which I think is probably going to happen. Um, so, so, so a lot to get to. So, some portal talk today. College football talk. Looking back at the decision um, about uh, about Christian Kirk. I mean, about. Uh, uh, Florida State not getting in, talk about Christian Kirk being without him. We've got a lot of things I want to get to. But I'm going to start with this. I don't do this very often. I said it at the handoff I was going to do it. I rarely talk about other broadcasters, play-by-play guys, because I know how hard play-by-play is. I, I rarely talk about talk show hosts. Frankly, I know how hard talk show hosts are. I, I don't rip. I, you, you guys know me. The people that have listened to this program, uh, sadly, you've probably listened to it for a long time. I've done this 36 years. Um, so I rarely call out anybody for and when all the Colin Cowherd stuff was on Twitter yesterday, I, I wasn't going to bother him. I wasn't going to get bothered with it. If you don't know, I'm not going to read it. That doesn't deserve being read. But essentially, I can't take the Jag seriously because of the cart, blah, blah, blah. Trevor Lawrence spoke to the cart thing today. He said it was totally his decision. We have one of the best medical uh, staffs in the, in, in the league. Well, let me, let me weigh in on that. First of all, I can tell you definitively that the Jacksonville Jaguars medical staff is regarded as one of the best ones in the league. I can tell you that. I can also tell you when, when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, and that was all the, all the talk of how, how well the, the Bills uh, medical staff, the, the Bengals medical staff, because the game was in Cincinnati, the, the people at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, how everybody came together and how well they handled that. When that was over, CNN really wanted to do a story. A national news network wanted to do a story about how, what, how were they so ready. How did they know? And they came to Jacksonville to do it. Sanjay Gupta did it. I don't know if you guys remember it or not, but came to Jacksonville. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. You saw it, didn't you, Hayes? Yeah. This big story. There's 32 teams. They could have gone wherever they wanted. They're, they're CNN. They chose to come to Jacksonville and spend a day shadowing the Jacksonville staff because the word is out that the Jacksonville medical team, the medical professionals here, are. I know a bunch of them, so I know that I, I wasn't surprised by it, or as good as it gets. For Colin Cowherd, to go on a national forum, a forum, a national platform, and to say, I can't take the Jacksonville Jaguars seriously. Why didn't they even have a cart? Everybody has a cart. Was one of the most clownish, irresponsible things I've ever seen anybody do. To, to, to make fun of a fan base because of how someone wore a, wore a shirt or whatever, I don't care about that. That's part of sports. But to rip medical prof- – when you do that, you are ripping medical professionals – who are good at their job, who spend their whole life and longer than most of us do in school 
honing that craft so they can be the best in the business, and they are the best in the business at it. They are among the number one. All 32 medical staffs in the NFL are among the best in the world, or they wouldn't have the jobs. And the Jags are one of the best there. To call out a, a Jaguar medical crew that is highly regarded and well known for what they do because there wasn't a cart. As Trevor said today, when the medical staff got out there, they said, Trevor, they knew immediately what it was. They said, Trevor, do you want a cart? No, I'm good. They offered the cart. The cart pulled up to the sideline. Trevor said, no, I'm good. He helped it out. Trevor did kind of laugh about it. They said, I probably, I didn't realize how far the walk was, but it was totally my decision, which happens all the time. He might play this week. I don't think they're bringing out a lot of carts for guys who play the next week. Maybe I've missed it, but I'd like to see the percentage of carts versus play the next week. I can't imagine there's very many of those. Okay, He sprained his ankle. You generally don't bring out a cart for a sprained ankle. I'm not dismissing the injury, the injury what happened. But Colin Cowherd, and I've always liked his work. I don't know him. I've had him on the air a few times. I've always liked his work. But it had nothing to do with medical. It had nothing to do with Trevor. It had nothing to do with the cart. It was one more big city guy. Uh, let me make fun of the little Jacksonville people being rubes and rednecks. That's what it was. It was let me rip Jacksonville for being rubes and rednecks. Well, don't be a jackass, Colin. And, if, and I'm not supposed to say jackass on the air. I'll pay the damn fine. But don't be a jackass. It, it had to, to call out someone's medical crew was one of the dumbest, stupidest things I've ever seen someone on radio do. Don't be an idiot. I'm sorry your L.A. teams aren't any good. I'm sorry that, yeah, whether you don't like the fact that we have a team, well, we do have a dang team, and it's better than both your teams. Hell, we spotted them. We spotted one of your teams 27 <laughs> points last year, and you still couldn't win the damn game. All right? so, so quit popping off. Uh, I thought it was one of the most irresponsible, inappropriate, stupid things I've ever heard a national guy say. I can't take the Jaguars seriously because they didn't have a cart. What a dumbass. Don't be a dumbass. And, it, and, it's, and, and I almost went to it yesterday. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it because everyone's responding to it. But I thought about it some more last night, and I thought about it more today. We have a team, whether you like it or not. We're going to have a state-of-the-art stadium, whether you like it or not. We might win the goddamn Super Bowl, whether you like it or not. we got one of the best coaches in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and a fan base that is unrivaled in my opinion. So the hell with you if you don't like it. I don't really give a damn whether you don't like it or not. But don't be an idiot. You're, it's disappointing that a guy that's that articulate, that's that intelligent, that has that much of a platform, would say something so freaking stupid on the air and call out a medical staff that's one of the best ever. Don't be a jackass. We'll talk sports in a minute. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, Voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlisle, and Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. We're live from Island Wing Company here on the south side. Gorgeous day here on the first coast. Jags and Browns come up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence met with the media today. We talked about that. Uh, had to get the other stuff off my chest a little bit. I did. Now let's talk about the football game. I think you did a great job, by the way. Thanks. The uh, And I appreciate it. The... Uh, uh, the football game's a big game. The Jag- you're fighting now for, for, for a spot. You're fighting. You're still fighting for home field. If nothing else, you're certainly fighting to win a division against two teams. They're pretty game in the division. Say what you want. The, uh, the, both, the, both the Texans and the Colts have been feisty. You know, I, I would have got that wrong. I would have thought just because they always have been that the Titans would be the biggest pain in the butt to the Jags to try and win. And I was way off. It's the Colts and the Texans that they've been good. But um, – I got a good feeling, Hayes, about how Jacksonville's going to play. It's going to be wet. It's going to be rainy. 
people are going to be down on them. You're playing against a quarterback that's not very good. You might have your good quarterback. If not, your backup just went 9 out of 10, and I thought looked damn good. Jacksonville, is this team is real. As much as I hate to get into cliches, this team is really good when challenged. You know, when really good when people don't think they're so good. Really good when – I mean, it happened in the middle of last year on. It happened this year after they lost the two games. I, I have a good feeling about how Jacksonville is going to play against a good Cleveland team, certainly a damn good Cleveland defense. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it, I'm looking forward to it more if it was 75 and sunny <laughs> since, uh, since broadcast booths are open air. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm looking forward to how I think they're going to play. I, re- I really mean that. Yeah, I mean, the weather I don't think will be too big of an issue. I mean, considering what Cleveland can be in December. So there's no snow. It's going to be, you know, low 50s and you know, probably rain. Um, you know, so it's, it's not going to be picturesque, but – I, I, it's certainly, I think, on a scale of one to ten, it's going to be a five and, and not a not a nine and a half if you were in a blizzard or something. Um, and I wish I f- could share your optimism about the matchup. I think it's a terrible matchup for the Jaguars. I think Cleveland is going to maul them. Uh, I think ETN is going to have no room to run. Uh, I think if it is Beathard, I think he's going to be under duress quickly. And I, I think it's going to be difficult. Now, the good news is I think if they can find their way to 17 points, they're going to win the game, and they might be able to win it with 13. Uh, I, I do think the Jaguar defense will be fired up. I think they'll play well, uh, and I think they match up fine with Cleveland. Cleveland's got a whole host of issues offensively on their own. So, I mean, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's a 13-12 kind of game. Uh, certainly the Jaguars could win it. But I think offensively, the Jaguars are in for a rough, rough three hours on Sunday in Cleveland. I think the interesting part is who plays left tackle. Is it Walker Little? Is it Blake Hance? And then how does the left tackle and then Anton Harrison at the right tackle position, how do they block? And does the interior play a little bit better? I mean, the Titans, we talked about their vaunted defensive front. That's really the, the main strength of their team. And the Jaguars did perfectly fine against them. So I don't know that the offensive line is so terrible that they can't block the Browns. Obviously, they're going to know. Miles Garrett has 13 sacks. No one else has more than three and a half. So they're going to know that going in. They've got to make sure that they key on him. But overall, I hope that they're going to play better. And if it is Blake Hance, I thought he played fine uh, Monday night. But I think the question, yeah, is which is who is the quarterback and what is the game plan going to look like if it is Beathard or if it is Trevor with a sword slightly sore knee maybe still but definitely a sore ankle yeah and I'm not ready to predict a win yet I mean if you're playing your backup quarterback against a good defense on the road in lousy weather without your left tackle and without your best receiver I don't think they're gonna win the game I'll 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 make that determination in my mind on Friday I'm not I'm not ready to pick either team to win I just know this bunch and I know this bunch I think they're probably ticked off right now I think they're they they you know in this in this every every week's a referendum on how good you are and people doubting them now and well they're not a lead and well they're not they're they're certainly not the Super Bowl contender I thought they were it was one freaking game that they lost in overtime when their quarterback got hurt when their when their best receiver got hurt on the first play that they lost because they missed a, an uncharacteristically missed a field goal and then lost on a fifty they lost on a fifty four yard field goal in overtime it's their second loss in nine games and people all of a sudden think they're not very good. I mean, people are they're not they're obviously not elite they're obviously not this and I don't mean just fans I mean people everywhere and I'm like okay well let's, I I think they will be really motivated to your point Hayes about 17 points wins the Browns haven't gotten to 20 in a month for people that they the Brown the Browns playing with backup quarterback they have not scored 20 points in a game 
in in since in a month since November twelfth. I mean, they just haven't scored, and so. And are they, is Flacco there? Are they playing Flacco? They have playing know. DTR. Are they playing? Yeah. They put Flacco back on yeah. the practice squad Mike, after he started. Maybe Brian Sight. Maybe will they play? <laughs> Ed Luther. I mean, right. I, who are they playing? Uh, I think it's going to be the rookie uh, DTR, but um, you know, but we'll see. It's obviously it's a challenge for Mike Caldwell and his defense because it's two radically different quarterbacks. Yeah. And and DTR does concern me in terms of the mobility because I think in a game like this. One field goal could be the difference, and if he's able to scramble 14 yards on a third and 11, you know that could be the difference in the game. Whereas Joe Flacco, you don't have to worry about that. So, I hope it's Flacco that plays because I I don't really Flacco doesn't scare me at this point in his career, uh, and and he's one dimensional. Whereas uh, DTR does concern me about being a little bit, uh, well, not a little bit, much more of a dual threat. And uh, and you know that could that could give the Jaguars some issues. Yeah, they uh, they've they've won one game since Watson got hurt, and that was against the, that was thirteen to ten against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were just not very good. And they, 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 that was a home game against Pittsburgh. I think that's what this game's going to be, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. if the Jaguars well, that, will be the one with the thirteen, or 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 Cleveland, Cleveland will have the ten. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what the over under is on it, but. I mean, I, I would be very, Take the under no very, what it is. very confident in the under in this game. It's 30 and a half. Yeah. 30 so. and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think that I, I don't know that it's going to be that. That that means a 17-13 game, you win your bet. I, you know, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a lot yeah. of scoring. Because I do – I agree with you on the Jaguar defense. I think they're going to be locked in. They were embarrassed yeah. mm-hmm. on Monday. I mean, they just played terrible football uh, in terms of everything assignments and the just the fundamentals of tackling and uh and the confusion and communication element i mean it was just it was the holy trinity of just awfulness uh, (laughs) on defense and so i do think they will be ready and i do think they match up well with what cleveland is going to throw at them because again cleveland's really beat up on offense but uh, but I, I certainly worry about the other side of it for the Jaguars. The, uh, the, the Browns have not scored 20 points in a game in a month. The 49ers game is the only time the Jags haven't scored 20 points in two months. The Jags have been, other than the 49ers game, the Jags have been a score. Now, look, they may not have their quarterback. I get it. You, you don't have Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence, and what you scored in the past doesn't matter. I, I understand that. And they, and they haven't run the ball very well. And not playing if you don't have your quarterback, and we don't know if they will or not. Uh, if you do, have, if, if and you're playing in the rain uh, against a really good defense without your quarterback, uh, right? You're right, Hayes. Logic says this is 13 to nine. Somebody, I, I, I hear you, and, and I and I like I said, I just think that uh, I think it's a worked up Jags team. I, like I said before, I'm way more worried about next week on Sunday night with the whole world watching against what I think is a real. I think the Ravens, by the way might go to the Super Bowl. I, I think I think the Ravens have a Super Bowl contending team. Um, and, and, I mean, I think the Ravens are really good. There's a toughness. I think Lamar Jackson is a really good player. I think they're really well coached. I think they they rise to the big moments, and Sunday night football is a big moment. Uh, that game scares the hell out of me, regardless of who plays and who doesn't. Uh, I can tell you this. If Trevor Lawrence didn't get hurt at the end of that game, win or lose last week, I'll tell you right now I'd pick the Jacks. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care – Oh, the, the setting, I don't care, the defense of the Browns. If, if, if Trevor was healthy now, I don't mean if he's, if if he's going to play health. If Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence had never gotten injured, I would tell you right now I'm picking the Jags next I week. would too. Yeah, I'm very confident. Because I think he would 
pull something out. Yes. To get you to the seventeen you need. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and you're probably the number. You're, the number you're saying is about right. That's the, the you get to seventeen, nineteen, you probably win the game. I, I again, the Browns are. Aren't but they would never go according to what we think, right? Oh, no, yeah. Never. But I mean, well, the league never does. We certainly it thought against the forty-eight, forty-four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we certainly thought against the Bengals, you just put up. 21 and you're going to win the game it's a backup quarterback blah 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 and obviously that's not what happened by the way Mary Kate Cabot I saw last night she wrote that the Browns should start Joe Flacco but also have DTR ready to have you know not exactly say who you're going to start but have him ready but make the Jaguars prepare for both like you were saying either way it's Joe and Flacco. I gotta tell you I don't know that I'd rather right at this point in his career not not vintage right this point in his career, I'd rather have C.J. Beathard than Joe Flacco. If, if those are your two options. I would, too. Yeah, I, I mean, at, at this point in their career, if it winds up being uh, Flacco, I'd rather have C- today's C.J. Beathard over today's Joe Flacco. So we'll see what winds up happening. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bowed up. I'll bet they're bowed up. You know, I just I – just, I just, I, some of this stuff kind of amazes me that, that gets said out there. And so I think like, the Jags are going to play very well in the football game. I just really do. I think Frank had it not – been Monday night and for the number one seed. Had that game been Sunday at one o'clock and the number one seed wasn't on the line, I don't think as many people would be nationally would be attacking the Jaguars the way that they are. I just uh, and it's really not that. It's it's one clown. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, so, but 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 it it is. It's one clown. It's an idiot. And and I said what I said about him. I'm not going to belabor it. But 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 it just it just seems to me people have been waiting to say the Jags are frauds. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just being no, insecure. I, and, and 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 paranoid. It just seems to me. Look, they're seven and two in their last nine games. That's hard to do in the National Football League. I don't care who you are. It's hard. And the the 49ers aren't seven and two in their last. The Chiefs aren't seven and two in their last nine games. It's hard to do. And it just seems to me that people haven't acknowledged that. And maybe again, maybe I'm being paranoid and insecure. And maybe they have. And I'm just being. Maybe maybe I've got small city syndrome myself, you know. And I can't shake it, but screw it. I just uh, I think the Jags will play well. I can't I can't wait for the game. And I may say that. And again, do I wish it was seventy five and sunny and everybody was healthy? Sure, but but I uh, there's there's a that whole gritty not pretty thing. It's cliche and, and and folksy as it sounds. There is something to it. The team teams that have a have a blue collar toughness to them. Go awfully deep, Hayes. Well, Team- they better bring it Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, and I, and, I, and I agree with you. And by the way, every point you've made of why you're concerned are dead on. The, the, the Browns are good defensively. It does look like it's shaping up to that game. Uh, the Jags might not have their guy. I hear you, bro. Every, every single point you've made, I get. Mine's just a gut, a gut that they're going to play, really, play really well and lose the game, by the way. It's just a gut that they're going to play well in the game. So yeah, I would be surprised if they played really well and lost. That would surprise me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And then we'd have to define what we're really well at. Right, more Jaguar talk coming up as we move along. Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. It's brought to you by our friends at AC Design and live from Island Wing Company, where I've got two more to eat. I'm going to eat one of those. I promise you that. <laughs> Coconut shrimp. We come back though. Concerns about the portal. Concerns about college football teams that aren't Georgia and Alabama. I'm going to explain after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. 
It is an AC Designs Wednesday. We're glad you're here with us. We are live here at Island Wings Southside. Having a good old time. And you can, too. We devoured our coconut shrimp. Frank finally finished them off. Oh, they were Don't good. Don't worry, everyone. Very good. Very good. <laughs> worth, every, worth, worth the wait. Absolutely. Frank Ranger, he's Caroline. I'm Lauren Brooks live here. RJ Sunders back at 10 XL headquarters. All right. As of now, Frank, there are about 1,500 players in the transfer portal as far as we know, and I'm sure that list is going to grow. Last year it was about 3,000. How do people even keep up? It's people, but they expect 5, 000, north of 5,000 this year is everything you see. Here's what I will tell you. Two alarming ones today, or within the last 24 hours. I mean alarming. Princely Umani Ellen, am I saying it right? Umani Ellen. Umani Ellen. Uh, I, I, I think that is a big one, uh, and, uh, and I think that's a very big one. And I think Patrick Payton out of Florida State is a big one. I asked you yesterday, Hayes, which key players are coming back because the Seminoles have so, so, so many veterans. Payton's the guy you, call, you mentioned. He's the number one guy by a mile. Yeah, and he's, so, he's going to leave now yeah. to go play for some other team. I mean, after this glo- he, he, certainly there's a chance of that. Good, po- good yeah. point. When you go in the portal, you don't necessarily leave. That's a very good point. Sorry. And I think he hasn't necessarily entered the portal. He announced his intention yeah. to enter the portal, which I right. think is communicating to FSU, pay me or I'm leaving. Well, no, 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 maybe you and I didn't see it that way. Maybe you're right. I, usually when a guy says he's going to the portal, he winds up the next year playing for a different team. There's, there's some exceptions. Correct. But usually if you, the minute you hear a guy say, I'm going to the portal, whether he's officially in, whether he's not at you, there could be an exception to your point, Lauren. But usually that means, you're in, that means you, next year you're playing for a different team. And I would think, again, Florida and Florida State have had discussions with those two respective athletes on right. what's it gonna t- if it's a financial problem, what's the number? Uh, and so, you know, I, I think it's two totally separate right. cases. I think in Princely's case, you know, I, I do think he wants to go. I think he wants to ring chase. Frankly, I'm surprised he's not entering the draft. You know, I thought, you know, he'd probably I am be a too. second round pick. I think he's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. It's, it's other than quarterback. Yeah. It's the number, it's certainly the number one defensive priority right. that every general manager and coach mm-hmm. is looking for in terms of edge rush. So, you know, I, I, I didn't think he was going back to Florida because I thought he'd be in the draft. But to have him basically say, no, I'm not, I'm not going pro. He said he's I'm staying just, in college. I'm just leaving Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that basically I, is, I think, a player that is looking to ring chase. Peyton, it's, it's yeah. interesting because that one I wonder if that's just everybody's leaving mm-hmm. and he just yeah. is like, you know what, I just want to – I kind of want to close my career here too or my, this portion of my career here too and go to a Georgia, Alabama where – you know, I know I'm in the, the mix to win a ring next in year. In the case of Uman Mielin from Florida, I'm telling you now that that is a, that is, that is a, very, in my, a very big deal because here's how you get fired. In this day and age, you get fired by not keeping your veteran starters. If you're young players who maybe they just didn't mesh with the city, the staff, the team, whatever, leave, it happens. If the guy on the bench leaves because he wants to go play, it happens. If a coach gets fired and you don't want to play for that staff, that's why the whole Texas A&M team's leaving. It happens. But when a veteran starter who's one of your better players, when they start leaving, that's when coaches get fired. I think that is a and – and I don't want Billy Napier to get fired. I'm, I'm, on, I'm rooting for him to be good. I want, them, I want him to be good enough next year to get to the fourth year because I think you'll have a very a talented team. But when, but when your veteran starters start leaving – the year before, it was, it was Tarkin, and it was Josh Braun, and it was Donovan McMillan, and Tyron Hopper, and Antoine Powell-Ryland, and Ethan White. 
they wound up being good players for their next school. That's a lot of guys. They were good players for their next school. That's a problem. Prince, Princely, uh, Iman Miel, and I want to say it right, Princely's going to be a good player for his next school. He's a good player. Absolutely. I mean, this is a damn good edge rusher who I agree with Hayes would have been a second-round pick. Now, look, stay in college and you might get to the first round, but the fact that you're doing it somewhere else, my read on him, and I don't know this, but he was the chippiest, most outspoken player I saw about angry fans. He was always on Twitter going, I can't believe you fans. I can't believe you complain about this much. I can't believe – he said that a lot, and then he left. So I think he's trying to leave Gator Nation. I don't know that it's ring chasing with him. I think he's tired of it. Now, news bulletin, Princely, every school's got – every school's got Swamp Lizard 34. It's just a different and, – and by the way, the real Swamp Lizard 34, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying every, every, every school's got well, – I think he changed it up. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. He did. He admitted he did. But, but every school's got angry fan guy. Every, every school's got that. And the reality is the, the – I think that's one of the reasons he left. But I'm telling you, that's a warning sign. When your veteran starters, your talented veteran starters, who are among your best players, leave your school to go to another school, that that does not happen in Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. If so, they have guys leave, but it's because they weren't going to play, and they have young guys leave that maybe didn't mesh. But you'll never see a school like that. I won't say never. You're saying Brock Bowers isn't playing for Oklahoma yeah, next Brock year? Brock Bowers is probably not going yeah. to Oklahoma. The veteran star players yeah. don't leave. I'm telling you, that is a major, major red flag. And part of it might be something Billy Napier, the staff, did. Part of it might be he's tired of the fact that it's clear Billy does not connect with his fan base on many levels. But whatever, whether it's that dysfunction, whether it's the dysfunction on the field, that's a gigantic warning sign, I think, for a football program. Yeah, we talked about this a week ago. And the question was simply, in 10 days, are we going to be having a conversation of did Florida really make an error in not firing him after the day after the FSU loss? And, again, it's one player, but he's not the last. That I can assure you. Uh, and so it does make you wonder what kind of nucleus is going to be back and is he going to have to go get, you know, if you need 15 really good players to – win eight games on this schedule next year. Is he going to be able to find 11 of them between the portal and this signing class? Because I don't think he has that many on the roster now. Uh, and so it's, uh, I think it's a massive concern. And I think it shows that, you know, it's, he's, he doesn't have the, the belief. I mean, Mertz is staying, you know, but I think Mertz was taken care of financially. And, and again, Mertz has a broken shoulder. Who's to say what he would have done had he been healthy? You know, I don't think he would have been picked in the draft, but maybe he would have declared. Maybe he would have done what Princely's doing and, and said, I'm, I'm getting back in the portal. You know, I mean, I, I, I've rediscovered, you know, myself as a player, and now let's see what, you know, I, what kind of bids I can get. Uh, so I, I think Florida's in a really, really bad place. I think it's only going to continue to get worse. And I do think it's going to be, again, all this is new. Florida just keeps getting blindsided. Like every time the landscape of college football changes, the Gators are always blindsided by it the most for whatever just, whether it's dumb luck or lack of vision, whatever it is. Facilities are a big deal. Florida doesn't do anything on facilities. Then, you know, Florida finally does something on facilities, and no one cares about facilities anymore because it's now all about NIL. Florida has to hire a massive recruiter 
elite recruiter because of how bad Dan Mullen was at doing it. They hire Billy Napier, elite recruiter. That doesn't matter anymore because now it's all about NIL and the portal and scheme. I mean, it's just it's, uh, it's absurd how the University of Florida for 10 to 12 years now in different administrations has been two steps behind on where college football is. And they continue to be and will continue to be as long as Billy Napier is the coach there, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. I hope next year he wins nine games and, and stuns us all on a brutal schedule. And he's had some bad luck. But, I mean, I see a bad in-game coach that's now losing the small core that he has. Yeah, and I think that sends a bad message, Frank, to your point, to other players in the transfer portal when they see a guy like Prince Lee and leaving. They're going to go, well, if he's leaving and he, did, he was the sack leader for that team, why would I want to go there? There must be something going on underneath the surface, not just the losing. There must be more going on than that. Yeah, how do you not ask the question at least? And, I, and, I just, and again, I get he was a Dan Mullen recruit. If there's one mistake, listen, I, you know my stance on this. I don't think they should have fired Billy Napier this year. I think if you keep firing coaches every two years, you get, you're always rebuilding. And, I, and, yes, you might fire a coach every two years and then fall into the right guy, the perfect guy, but, it, but, but teams that fire coaches a lot usually don't. Uh, Alabama went through it. They finally found the right guy in Saban, but they went through it. You teams, that fire, you teams that keep firing coaches usually don't find the right guy. But, but having said that, this one, if there is a mistake he's made that I think jumps off the page somehow, some way, you don't get the sense he's had a much of a bond with the Mullen recruits. Part of being a new coach is, yes, you want to get your guys in there, but you have to bond with the other guys. I mean, there's, again, I'll say it again, Tarkin, Josh Braun, Ethan White, Antoine Powell-Ryland, Tyron Hopper, Donovan McMillan, now this 11 guys this year, that's too many. That's too many guys from the previous guys' staff. That, that That's too many. And now some of your guys are leaving. I mean, I mean, Caleb Douglas and Chris McClellan were his guys. Will Norman was his guy. I, I'm very, con- very concerned. I find myself very concerned. And I'll say this. Florida's got some very good young athletic defensive players. Hayes, we've talked about it before. Kelby Collins and T.J. Searcy and Cameron James and Justice Boone and L.J. McRae, who, if he comes, are all going to be good edges. You've got to win with 22-year-old guys, man. You can't try to – you can't – no one's winning conference championships or, or national championships with teenagers. They're not. Teenagers can, can supplement it. The best example of all was Florida in 06. Look, they don't win the national championship without Tebow and Percy Harvin. They don't win it without them. But make no mistake, that team was a team full of 20-somethings. That team won the national championship because of Marcus Thomas and Joe Cohen and, and Reggie Nelson and, and, and Chad Jackson and Andre Caldwell. I could go all day, right? I mean, that's why they won, they won it with those guys. They won it with 23-year-old Deshaun Wynn, not with – with with 19-year-old or 18-year-old Percy Harvin. They don't win it without him. Now, when those guys got older, they were the stars of the team. So, uh, again, I and, I, and I and the same thing about Patrick Payton at FSU. I don't, there's more to the story than I know, and maybe you're right, Lauren. Maybe it's a leveraging play, but I, gotta, I don't think so. My guess is Patrick Payton's going to be on another team next year. Usually that's what happens. Boy, Florida State needs to – it was a magnificent – the real shame of the FSU season is if they wind up not having a good – not having a good – not, they didn't get in this year. If they wind up not having a good team next year, can they get back? Now, he's having a very good recruiting year, but can he get back in? Does he have to keep using the portal? It's a, 
I, again, I'll say it again. I thought if you're a Florida State fan, Patrick Payton, and moreover, if you're a Florida fan, Princely, Princely Uman Mielin on the on the heels of all the other ones, I'm telling you, I think it's a I think it's a bad sign. I really do. I, I think it's a it's a dangerous sign for anybody in college football that's not Alabama or Georgia. It's December 6th today. I want to say it was maybe less than a month ago, Frank. We were at Island Wings Bartram, and you asked us, is Billy Napier the head coach in 2025? Right. And I think all three of us said yes, if I remember correctly. And we were banking it on the recruiting, obviously, and all those things. I'm starting to think we all three might have a different answer today based off of everything that's happened since then. That is a great point. Hayes, I'm pretty sure, would say no. Yes. I think I would probably say yes, but I hear you. Yeah, I would say yes with the a hard lean towards no. Yeah, but 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 you got to say one or the other. Right. Yeah, I would say no. Okay. Now. So y'all would both say no. I'm still going to say yes, but today's concerned me. Uh, look, Tarkin and Ethan White last year concerned. And me. this isn't it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, not like this is the last right. one right. of the these. The portal just opened. Right. right. And maybe it's because maybe because listen, when when if Trevor Etienne leaves, it's gonna it's gonna stink. But I've kind of prepared myself for that one. I didn't see this one. I thought Princely was going to the NFL. That's what I thought. I, yeah. I didn't expect him back on next year's yeah. team. Yeah, and he's from Texas, yeah, and maybe he's going to Texas, and maybe – and by the way, he knows where he's going. By now, these guys all – don't you – they all know where they're going. I would think he has I, I would think you're going to see him announced to Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, whatever. I would, I would think you're going to see that within a few days. I mean, we heard Brock Vandegrift was going about 12 minutes ago. And 11 minutes ago, he's committed to Kentucky. So well, I, I think most of them know. And, the I, and I think that's the other thing that's a little disappointing from a Florida perspective. Look, you're not getting ready for a bowl game. Uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're all about building your roster. And, I, and Billy Napier is going around and visiting the high schools and, and focusing on the high school recruiting. And, and I certainly understand the importance of that. But take advantage of the fact that you've settled your quarterback. You're one of the few schools in the country that knows who your quarterback is next year. And Graham Mertz, and, and you really know who your first two are, because if assuming Lagway right. signs, and I have no reason to think he won't, uh, you know who your top two quarterbacks are. Well, take advantage of that. While these other coaches are scouring the portal trying to find their next quarterback, go sign two receivers and go sign two or three offensive linemen and a, and a defensive enforcer. Now, to, in defense of him, we're not seeing those players be signed elsewhere, but he needs to seize this. I mean, this can't, this, he, he needs to be leading the way. The only way he is going to survive is if Florida just absolutely does a fantastic job in the portal. And so far, you know, we've seen athletes tweet out, hey, Florida's offered me, but you haven't really seen any sort of, well, you've certainly seen no additions. You've seen no commitments or anything like that. Take advantage of the fact that you've already got the biggest piece of the pie figured out and, and get a jump on these other players. And the, the, and the thing, by the way, in Portal is you have to have volume in Portal, in the Portal, because nobody knows the players. You can, I mean, nobody knows if the, the fast receiver from Missouri State who they're supposed to get is any good. Say what you want. Nobody knew Jared Verse, who was at Albany, was going to be any good. Right. No, he turned out to be really good. But nobody, nobody knew that John Grenard, who came from Louisville, was going to be good. He turned out to be pretty damn good. You don't know. You know there's quarterbacks you can go back and watch or you can hear about, but left guards and defensive ends you don't. So, uh, But that's why you need volume. If you get a volume, what FSU kept doing is they kept getting a bunch of them. You get enough of them, 
and they're going to wind up being pretty good. So we'll, so we'll see. But, I, again, I think Princely leaving, Patrick Payton leaving, both happening. Isn't it interesting? Both would have been their, their team's best returning pass rusher. Both were at schools around here, even though schools that had incredibly different seasons, and both left in about 12 hours. Isn't that wild? It is I mean, they, I mean, both Patrick Payton, at least both announced, to your point, Lauren, maybe he hadn't left. Apparently he's deleted the tweet Patrick Payton oh, has okay. that he was going so to maybe leave. maybe he's not going to leave. But I just checked his Twitter feed, and someone p- posted that he was going to leave, and he reposted that. Okay, yeah. So he might have deleted his yeah. own tweet, but, but yeah. he still has My guess is Patrick Payton so. is going to leave. I, my guess is he's going to leave. But, but the point is, to, and, and if you're an FSU guy, if you're Florida, if you're leaving Florida like Princely, all we can glean from the evidence is, I, I asked somebody, why did somebody that knew Tarkin, I said, why did Tarkin leave? Michael, he was going to be their left tackle. He was, they had a pretty good team coming back, they thought. It didn't turn out, well, I guess it's, they were five and a half wins. But, but, but it would, they had a reasonably, some reasonably good players. It would have been your last year there. And I asked someone, why did Tarkin leave and why did Ethan White leave? And the word was, because everybody's leaving. Nobody wants to stay. I, I, was heard that, I heard that that's what he said. No, no disrespect, but none of, none of the old guys want to stay. And he was right. They all, they all, they all, all the old guys left. And all Princely, Princely leaving looks like, uh, it, like, hey, it's never going to get better here. Let me go where someone's going to notice me. Patrick Payton leaving, again, I don't know that. I'm telling you, reading it. Patrick Payton leaving looks like, hey, everybody else is going. I'm going too. I'll, I'll, I'll hearken back to something. As we go to break here, I know I've told you guys this story before, but the 0-4s won a national championship in Florida. Horford, Noah, uh, Torian Green, Corey Brewer, obviously Lee Humphrey was on that team. They won a national championship. They all decided to come back together, okay, even though, even though Horford, Noah, and Brewer were going to be high draft picks. They all came back. The next year, they were still just juniors. They won another national championship. And Horford, Noah, and Brewer all said, now i got to come out. And I think you guys know, and, and Humphrey was a senior. He had to go. So those four guys were going to go. Billy Donovan, you know the story I'm going to tell. Billy Donovan went to Torian Green and says, you need to come out. And Torian, Torian looked at Torian, who's now back on the staff, said, why, coach? He said, i got another year. He said, because we're not going to be very good, and you're going to get blamed. And people are going to say, well, Torian really wasn't very good. The only reason he had good numbers is he's around all those other good players. And Billy Donovan told him, even though Billy Donovan would have loved for him to come back, Billy Donovan caring more about the kid and the kid's legacy. I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever heard. No doubt about it. Went and told the kid, you need to come out so you don't get saddled with you weren't all that good, you were just playing with all the good players. I thought it was one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. So sometimes leaving a sinking ship what those guys are doing. Torian didn't even want to do it. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show. Brought to you by AC Designs. Voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. We're glad you're with us on a Wednesday installment of our program. Brought to you by AC Designs. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you as we continue along here. Talking Jags and college football and a whole lot more. What we haven't done is talk about who we think is going to win in the college football playoff. We talked so much about who didn't make it, mm-hmm. and we should have because Florida State should have been in. They got, they got, they got a raw deal. Florida State's but, not in. No, they're not in. <laughs> but, uh, but, but with regard to the teams who are in, who do you like? 
I like Alabama. You like Alabama, yeah, don't SEC you? SEC snob. I mean, yeah. I, just snob. Yeah, I mean, we may he not, likes Alabama when all of He's not alone. It went down. I mean, we may not think it was very fair, but, yeah, I'm surprised. They're, last I saw, they were a one-and-a-half point underdog to Michigan. I take Alabama all day long. Such getting a, a point now. You too. Same here, and, absolutely. Uh, also, do you remember what happened in last year's semifinal with Michigan? Uh, they got beaten yeah. by TCU. You right. don't think Alabama's better than TCU? <laughs> yeah. You, I, I, you guys are both such disgusting, <laughs> disgusting SEC snobs. And you're, you're right there with us. <laughs> I'm right with you. <laughs> it's just so pathetic. We're just, so we're just we, pathetic Jacksonville guys and girls. And When we go to put that game in our picks – RJ will have a game picker up with Michigan. He's so you know, desired. And when they're doing talk radio in Nashville, who do you think they're picking? Talk, how about family. talk radio, talk radio and Enterprise in Macon? Yeah. Who do you think what, they're what picking? What about Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think maybe some people even in yeah. Ann Arbor, like, uh, I mean, you saw the video of the Michigan team finding out. They, they thought they, they were getting at no, with yeah. that Jordan Travis. That's the last thing they yeah. wanted. Yeah. Oh, we're not getting the vibe. That's the last thing they wanted. So, so you think Alabama is going to beat Michigan? I do. I think, and I think it'll be fairly handily. I, I like Alabama by 13 in that game, and I like Texas pretty comfortably over Washington as well. I'll say Texas by 10. Yeah, I, I'm so not, I think I think it's I like Alabama, Texas, Texas, and I'll say Alabama gets the revenge for earlier in the year, and Alabama wins. That will be, I think, a a great game. But I'll take Alabama by four for the title. How about you, other SEC snob? Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Current SEC team versus future SEC team in the national title. I do think Alabama v. Texas, we had no idea in September when that game was first played that that could potentially be a rematch, but that would be interesting. I I don't know if Alabama-Washington has as much juice, and I don't know if Michigan-Texas or Michigan-Washington, maybe Michigan-Texas because they're blue bloods, but still, there's something, I think, sizzling about Alabama being in that championship. I will say that I I think they've got, again, the the Florida State stuff notwithstanding, I think they've got intriguing matchups. I don't find myself convinced on any of it. Um, yeah, gun to a head, I'd probably pick Alabama to beat Michigan. But I'm not convinced I'd go that way. I, I, I don't, I'm not convinced I'd go that way. I probably would. Michigan can run the ball really yeah, well. Yeah, Michigan's very physical. They got a, they, they're, they're big and physical. We'll see if that translates. <laughs> the question is, can they run well enough? To play with the Alabama. Can, can they run with the Alabamas? And by the, the way, it's the same question we've always had. It's the same question we had in 2006 mm-hmm. is when, when Ohio State was big and physical, physical but they, could they run with the Florida speed? And the answer was no. You know? And I think Alabama's physical. Yeah, they are. Well, they I don't think are. I think Alabama can win that street fight. And if that happens, Michigan's going to get blown out. Yeah. Because Alabama clearly has more speed. But I, I, I think physically, I, Michigan's impressive. Yeah. But I remember, I, I, I remember now, Alabama – Almost lost to Auburn and probably yes. should have. Uh, Ohio St- or Michigan, meanwhile, damn near lost to Maryland and probably should have. And really didn't play anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than they played Penn State and Ohio State, and those are two yeah. great wins. Yeah. Iowa and the but conference championship doesn't count. No. Yeah, who's and, not very good. And yeah. no, uh, but Iowa offensively not very good. And their non-conference was a joke. Yeah, so, yeah their know. first four games when they didn't have Harbaugh, yeah. it was like, who cares? The other thing, by the time you get to this point and it's just like, it really doesn't matter what happened in September. Also I, true. I mean, we're not on the committee. So, you know, we are just looking at where right, are right. these teams now. today. Yeah. That's, that's our criteria yep. in, in asking who's going to win these sure. games. And, and who I is mean, the better coach? And to me, and, and yeah, I get it. The Auburn game's recent. But it's the Iron yeah. Bowl's weird. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just a, it's a weird rivalry where things I agree like with that, that can happen. I agree with that. And, uh, again, to me, I, I put way more stock in Alabama beating Georgia 
than I do Alabama needing a miracle to beat Auburn. And what? at the end of the day, they got the miracle. That's yeah. I think sometimes well, we focus true. on the Good fact point. that, it, oh, they shouldn't have been able to win. So, but it, they've completed that pass. So if Auburn had held on and won, if Auburn knocks the ball away in the end zone, yeah. yet Alabama still beats Georgia. Okay? <laughs> Georgia's four. Is, is Georgia four? Yeah. And FSU's still not in? Yes. See, I don't know. Because I don't think then, so. I, I don't, I don't know think so. Because you've got yeah, – I don't think I, you can I, push. I think. Never getting left out. Yeah, I think. I agree, but I, at the same time, I don't see how you leave FSU out. I understand about the quarterback situation. Yeah, I'm not saying but, it's right. Right, but, but an ACC champion, asking. Power 5 champion so, with no losses. So so Michigan's still in. Washington's still in. Yep. You think it's, you just, you think it's then Texas, Georgia? Texas, Georgia. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know because – I think they might have. I think the committee yeah. might have had to put FSU in, I even mean, though Greg Sankey would have been beyond livid because look at what the SEC. Yeah, done. and I don't know that you're not right either, by the way. I hear you, but the uh, I, I the, almost I, I do believe that I think look ESP they're paying a ton of money yep. yeah. for the rights to this playoff, and I think part of that is we expect to have an SEC team. Right. Ideally, yeah. your yeah. champion, right. but we certainly expect to have. It, I don't think they were going to turn their nose up. It, the two-time defending national champion who lost one game by three points on a neutral field to Alabama. Yeah. I think they would have been the four. And right. I can understand that argument, too. And, again, we talked about this yesterday. If you were picking the four best teams in all of college football, Alabama and Georgia would be some well, of the four. Yeah, be, the, would be two of the four. Yeah, if you, if you did a power poll of who just you thought was best. The most feared four. Yeah, the most feared who four. Who would you least yeah. want to see? And I think we all said Georgia first. Yeah, I still think Georgia is the team I'd least want to play. Me too. And then, then some combination of Michigan, Alabama, Alabama, Michigan, and then Texas. Th- th- but then maybe then Texas, but maybe even a toss up. Then I, for me, I don't know. I would say Georgia. I, for me, I would have Georgia, Alabama, Michigan in some order one, two, and three. I guess I'd have Texas ahead of Ohio State, although I'm not sure I would. It'd be something like that. But they'd, they, that'd be the five. Here's one for you, if. Um, Let's say it was a six-team field, and if it was a six-team field, would you two would have to have buys? Is that what you would do? Yes. Two yeah. would have buys. Two would have buys. Okay. So let, let's let's say it's a six-team field, and Michigan and Washington had the buys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it was uh, three, wa- three, who's, three is Texas. Three Texas versus six Georgia, and four Alabama versus five FSU. Is you that know what it would be? Yes. Yeah. Who would you pick to win the tournament? Georgia. I would, too, even though they'd have to play the extra game. If it was, again, if it was a six-team field. Right, right? which I thought they might should do for this year because of all the controversy. So Just l- expand it by one game. So so right now it's Michigan 1, Washington 2, uh-huh. uh, Texas 3. Alabama 4. Bama 4. FSU 5, Georgia FSU 5, Georgia 6. So if they, so if they had that, 1 and 2 get buys. Texas would play Georgia. Bama would play FSU. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to stay on this for a second. Um, tech, Georgia versus Texas, the winner then would play the Washington. Would play Washington. If you didn't receive, the winner would play Washington. So, could you, so, yeah, I'd pick Georgia. I'd pick Georgia to win both those games, and then we all know Georgia-Michigan, what that would look like. So, let's take, I want to stay on this. I got another thought about the playoff um, that I want to get to after this. Stay with us. 10, 10, on 82.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show. 
brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Doobie Brothers might have made a, an appearance on Spotify on that long walk today. Just thought nice. I'd throw that in, being that the Doobies are here right have now. Have you looked at your uh, rap yet? Yes. That is a really cool feature. <laughs> yes. Hey, what? Have you seen it? Has you probably rap- haven't. It's, it's really Spotify awesome. wrapped. So oh, no. next time you open Spotify, I'm sure it's mine came in like five, six days ago. Yeah. Is that sound right for you? Yeah. All right. It's really fun. They do this like 15 point story of your what you listen to all year. Oh, really? It's, I haven't. I'll it's look at really it. And then they cool. also creates playlists based off of what you listen oh, to the right. most. How about that? Mine are always like, there's no surprise for me. Whoever I've seen in concert that year, because yeah. I you know, listen to their music in a cram session huh. before the concert. So like Zach Bryan, who I saw in May, he was number one, even though he's not necessarily my number one artist, but it's because I listened to his music for, you know, probably a thousand hours before the concert. I I'm a little to, crazy. I have to look and see. I yeah, you'll it. enjoy it. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. I, will take it I was so impressed with it. I like showed it to Gene, who <laughs> yeah. doesn't know anything about Spotify. Uh, and I was like, you got to see this. This is really yeah. creative and, yeah. and kind of fun. To, uh, and it was interesting. Like mine were very workout based. So it was like okay. kind of like, funny the you know the artists and the bands that were right. kind of higher at the top but it's it was really cool they like even a, had like a like a me, like a message from the bands and stuff yes i got a message from old dominion as a matter of That's fact awesome. which was fun um but yeah I, I wonder after jimmy buffett passed away frank if jimmy buffett would be higher on your list than certainly normal yeah and by the way the artist who just started playing in here once for the second time he started with a pirate <laughs> looks at 40 the uh it's, so a, it's a great first He probably time. has a set list yeah. that he, he sticks to. I was going to say I'm encouraged yeah. because I was hoping he'd stick to his set list. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. From so last time. So that this, was this really good. A, by the way, th- I, I told you this before. This song, A Pirate Looks at 40, which is a great Buffett song, yeah. has become like, and the guy's playing it right now, it sounds great. It's become like his anthem since he died. The, the Buffett anthem is Margaritaville. Right. And right after that has come Monday. And then is Cheeseburger in Paradise and Son of a Son of a Sailor, the song everybody knows. But I'm telling you, at least to me, this is a song the Parrotheads all know. But this song has, and I, we all knew it, but this song has become like his song. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how much you hear the Kenny Chesney sang it uh, mm-hmm. with Mac McAnally on, before they sang Margaritaville, right. on the CMAs. Yeah, I think because the song is slightly nostalgic is why very, people are kind of putting that in with Buffett. And yeah. to me, I, I, don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, yeah. Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise are just fun songs. Yeah. But when I think of Buffett, I think of something that has a little bit more yeah. of a life story to yeah. it. And so I, well, for me, again, that's why yeah. I, I've, I've really uh, listened to this song more than ever. Before. I have too. And it's, it's, the, it's the ultimate nostalgic song, A Pirate Looks at Forty. It's the ultimate nostalgic song. It is. I mean, it is, I mean it, whether you were a pirate or not, because most of us <laughs> probably weren't pirates, but it, really, it makes you look back. I had a patch on my eye one time <laughs> for a but, while. Does but that this, count? But this song makes you look I back. I used, used to steal seafood out of protected <laughs> waters. Yeah. So Yes, you did. Actually, that's a true story. Uh, the, the fact the fact that the law still hasn't caught you disappoints me. Um, but the uh, but but this song is the ultimate look back at your life and how'd you do. This is the ultimate. This is the ultimate. And even though it might not have gone the way you wanted, I'm still good. That, 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 I mean, it's the ult- It's the ultimate. That song for me. And I'm hoping this does not happen for a very long time. But whenever we lose Stevie Nicks yeah. or or another, right. I guess important member, but mainly Stevie Nicks out of Fleetwood Mac. Landslide will be played that's right. a gazillion times because that's also a nostalgic that's song. That's the ultimate nostalgia, no question. Anyway, so he's, this, he sounds very good in here. Um, um, singing A Pirate Looks at 40 by Buffett. Um, 
Well, back to the Good thing, by the way, Hayes has a bunch of cash, yeah, so we that's can right, that's right. throw it at him. <laughs> hey, hey uh, back, to the, back to the player for a second. Now, let me ask you this. If uh, the six teams, the, the first the, the six teams, the way they're currently ranked, and by the way, if I'm getting, what I'm getting ready to say is the way it is, it's not how they'd be ranked, but nonetheless. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, FSU, Georgia, in whatever order. Where would you, what would you expect from FSU how they would do in that if Jordan Travis never got hurt? Now, if he never got hurt, they'd have been ranked third, okay? But, right. Uh, or second even. Right. But, but how would you – how deep do you think they would go in a tournament like this if Jordan Travis had never gotten hurt? To the title game. I mean, so I you'd, think you'd pick him to beat anybody but Georgia? Correct. How about you? Now, in your scenario, if they were three, they'd be facing whom? Uh – Let's say they were two, because I think they might have been two. They might so have been they would have gotten a bye. Let's say they let's say let's say they, they let's say they blow out Florida, they blow out Louisville. They're probably two, I think, right? Because they were ahead of Washington the whole time. I would think. Yeah. So let's say it's Michigan, FSU, Washington, and Texas, or Georgia, whoever, whoever. Because if they're two, then they face the winner of. Okay. Washington and let's say Texas or something. Oh, in this thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just throw yeah. that out there. I think Texas might win that game. I, so I, Who'd I you think pick? I would pick Texas over okay. Florida State in that game. I, I'm kind of with Hayes on this. I, w- I wouldn't have picked him to beat Georgia. I don't know that I'd pick him to beat Alabama if Alabama was in. I don't know that I'd pick him to beat Alabama. But I don't think Michigan could run with them, and they're really physical. So I'd probably have them to. Be, I'd have them beating anybody but Georgia or maybe Alabama. But, again, I, I keep going back to Alabama. That Miami game, I guess, is stuck with me, the Florida State-Miami game. Where they almost game. lost, yeah. They, yeah. Didn't, that's not, um, they didn't almost lost. Miami just made it closer than it should have been. Yeah. Um, but but Jordan, a healthy Jordan Travis, we all agree they'd have been right there with these teams. That's the thing. Without you know? a doubt. Yeah, and, and, and similarly, if Michael Penix had gotten hurt in the win over Oregon, would they have been in? In the, would they have been voted in the rematch. In? Yeah, if, if he had a, broken his leg Friday night, the, yeah, and they and they beat Oregon twenty-one twenty instead. I, uh, I, I don't think they would have. I bet they wouldn't have voted. And, and, and Travis's health. Now they would have had more protection because the Big Ten would have tried yeah. to protect Washington. Well, that's right. a good point. But um, but I don't know that they. I don't know how you could put them in. That I, sh- I mean, if you and leave FSU out, I mean, yeah, it, I the, mean, the great shame in the FSU season is they might have won the damn thing. That that's the no, they might. I mean, they. That's the the reason your heart breaks you if you're an FSU fan, not only because you didn't get in. At least if you got in and you lost because you didn't have your quarterback, you got in. Or if, like, Louisville beats you. Right, right. Then, then you can you're live like, with yeah, it. Yeah, that's tough. Right. You know, that's football but, injury. But, but the shame of this is they might have won it. Absolutely. I mean, I, mean they, I, and I, I still think Georgia's the best. I felt that even after the Alabama. But other than Georgia, and maybe I – I would have picked FSU to beat Michigan. I can tell I you would that. Have I would have picked FSU. Would you have or no? Probably not. Yeah, I would have picked FSU to beat Michigan. But I not because I think FSU yeah, is yeah, super talented. Yeah, you just saw them. And yeah, you saw them. Oh, watched, they were flawed in some areas. I watched a lot of games, yeah, where I thought, yeah. uh, you know. But, again, at the same time. Look, look you could make the argument. They, they weren't lucky to beat Clemson, but they, they could have lost to Clemson. I mean, they, they had some things really bounced their way to win that Clemson game. Right. And I including think. Including a missed field goal, right? That's the other part of it is we didn't get to see a Florida State team led by Jordan Travis against Florida and Louisville to form more opinions. 
we are able to we were able to form more opinions about Georgia against Georgia Tech and Georgia against Alabama and Alabama against Auburn and Alabama against Georgia. Like other teams had more of a resume with their starting quarterbacks. Who would have been the team that got snubbed in a twelve this year? Who was LSU thirteen? That's a good question. So it gives you some idea of how minuscule this is going to be next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I want to say LSU's the 13. And uh, and actually the 12 would probably be out because a group of five has to be That's included. where they think the so drama the, will the be. The 12 actually, whoever would be, uh, is Ole Miss L- the 12? LSU. LSU would have been, LSU was 13. Oklahoma, Oklahoma 12. 12. Okay, so Oklahoma uh, and LSU yes. would have been the two big snubs. Yeah, L- Oklahoma would have been in. They're 12. No, well, I know because a group of five has to be. Oh, that's would have been, is that? Tulane. So that would have been well. Uh, Liberty, SMU. I think, is Liberty in, now. Yeah, yeah. Liberty's Liberty is twenty third. Yeah, yeah, they're one spot Tulane ahead of fell SMU. Out. Right, that's right. So, so Oklahoma and LSU both would have been out, and I think we could have lived with that. Oh, that's Absolutely. right. I that's mean, right. I, I think exactly. it, it would have been okay. Well, you yeah, know, you lost. So, yeah. so the matchup, by the way, would have been um, the fourth. Is it four that get a four that get a bye? So it would have been FSU five playing at home against Liberty. They'd have won that. Uh, Georgia six versus Ole Miss, good game. Georgia would have killed them. Yeah. I mean, Se- good game. For the seven ten game would have been Ohio State. We Penn. saw that game. But yeah. you know what though? We say Georgia Ole Miss and Ohio State Penn State would have been the matchup. They but wouldn't have they done would, that. They would, Correct. They, 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 they wouldn't have wanted rematches. Yeah, yeah. Like so that. they, they would have found a way not to. So, so yeah. it would have been Georgia, Georgia Penn State and Ole Miss. Ohio, uh, Ohio State. State. Yeah, that'd be good. Georgia, and Oregon was the eighth seed. Yeah. Oregon, Missouri would have played. Oregon, yeah. So Oregon yeah. would have played. Yeah. So interesting stuff. So anyway, back to the point. Uh, if FSU, the point of this this segment, if FSU had been totally healthy, would you have picked them? How far would you have picked them to go? Regardless of what the matchups were, I would not have picked them to beat Georgia. I don't think I'd have picked them to beat Alabama. Although who knows? Um, I would have picked them to beat Alabama. Yeah, but I probably would have picked them about it against every. Other than Georgia, I might have picked FSU over anybody, which means that's how close they were to winning the damn national title. If their quarterback doesn't get hurt, right? That, that's against the North ultimate Alabama. break. Yeah, I know. And that's and the in, other thing against a team that you were, you know. Yeah, I mean they still they, they were down thirteen nothing at the ton. in the moment, yeah, but, but yeah. And you and obviously you can't not you, the play isn't to not play them, but right. I'm just saying it's yeah. like, it's it's just the, no, I know you're not, the, but it's, I, it's a more brutal element of, yeah. of the irony of it yeah, all. Yeah, is it happened in a game in which. You pr- you know you probably didn't yeah because next year they're probably a bunch of new starters everywhere two new receivers new running back probably a portal quarterback you saw where DJ Uyunglele is considering FSU right I mean he mm-hmm. I mean but but you, you get that impression don't you that it's going to be a new quarterback I mean a portal quarterback new new skill everywhere yeah. you know I mean new I mean I all, think their offensive line is is yeah, pretty much all leaving because everyone's ev- pretty yeah, much I mean because I mean, all I mean, year that, they talked about that's they have the, the shame most of what happened correct. To them. Correct. You know, the, the, so, I mean, it's it's tough. This was the year. That's why, you know, Noel fans in the preseason, like, you know, Baloo was hilarious. Sure. Like, got so upset when Urban Meyer was like, I, 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 I'm picking LSU in this game because <laughs> yeah. FSU still looks like they're a year away. Yeah. This is it. No, right. yeah. They don't have another year. Yeah, but how overmatched was Urban Meyer if that's his comment? Right. That's all right. We'll take By break. the way, real quick, uh, we get these two games, the semifinals yep. on New Year's Day this year yep. because the Jaguars and all the NFL teams play on New Year's Eve. Yeah. In the past, we've had the games on New Year's Eve and nothing on New Year's Day. But now, because of the NFL schedule being a Sunday, we get NFL on Sunday and then these games on Monday. I I love it. I love it. We get a Gator Bowl on Friday. That's right. Clemson, Kentucky on the call. Kidding me? It's going to be fun. I'll meet with Dabo. I like like Dabo. 
I like Devil. I mean, I mean, our meeting will be Devil and Stoops. That's two of the really cool guys. Two guys I really like. So I'm looking forward. Can you to get that. some intel for Billy Napier from Mark Stoops? Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll, <laughs> we'll take a break. I got a baseball thought. Believe it or not, uh, the winter meetings have begun in Nashville. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Mother, mother, ocean. I have heard you call, wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall. You've seen it all. Well done, RJ. Very nice, RJ. Looks well at 40. If y'all don't know the song, make sure you listen to it. It is an AC Designs Wednesday. They are hiring certified HVAC technicians, call dispatchers, administrative clerks, warehouse associates, and more. Visit acdesignsinc.net slash careers. That's acdesignsinc.net slash careers. We were just talking about Florida State, and right as we went to break, I said to you guys, or right after the break, you know, it's what really is, is terrible for Florida State is for the men's basketball fans out there in 2020. We talked about how we thought they were going to win the national championship. Yeah, yeah and, and the can- the tournament was canceled. And Justin, uh, just a Jagnol, just sent it. And Justin, honestly, before you sent me this tweet, if you're still listening, Lauren made the point during the break. I said you ought to bring that up. And then Justin uh, tweeted the same thing. So I'm going to read it. Same thing Lauren said during the break. And then said and again ago a minute ago he said as an FSU fan the other heartbreaking thing is we had the best basketball team in nineteen in two thousand twenty and the tournament tournament got canceled so it's the second championship you ever had a chance to go big and, and uh, in a big sporting event and getting to do didn't get to do it I agree with that I agree with Justin I agree with you Lauren they would have gone re- they might have won it in twenty FSU had a really good team absolutely a really good basketball team and I mean really good. And the tournament got canceled, so I, I hear you. So unfortunate, and, and yeah. obviously now looking back, the way they were able to do certain events and tournaments, like it's just too bad they wouldn't weren't able to figure out the bubble yeah. for 2020 and, and at least able to crown a champion. By the way, Tom Pelissero just tweeted this out. I haven't seen the Jaguars injury report yet today, but he said, with the status of Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence uncertain for Sunday against the Browns, that part we know, this also bears watching. Backup quarterback C.J. Beathard was limited in practice today with a shoulder injury. Yeah, that would, now that would be a problem. Now that would be a problem, but I'll bet he'll be able If Trevor can't go, I'm going to guess that just C.J. can. Um where are you going to be on? Where are you going to be on Friday? On Friday, I'm so glad you asked, Frank. We have our—I don't even know what year. Should I just say 10th? Just make up a year. I'll just say it's 10th all that. annual. I think it's more now. Maybe more yeah. than that. Uh, toy drive benefiting Big Brothers Big Sisters. So excited to be at the Ale House at Beach and Hodges for this year's event and. I'm telling you, giving is way better than receiving. Rick Ballou said that to us the other day, that as the older he gets, the more he realizes it is better to give than to receive. Well, it's really true when you're giving to those that are not going to get unless you give. And so make sure you bring an unwrapped toy. It can be a sporting toy. It can be a doll. It can be a bicycle, whatever you want to give. Just make sure you come by Alehouse at Beach and Hodges. We officially start collecting at 4, but if you want to come by before that, we'll be there uh, at 3 o'clock. So bring an unwrapped toy. 
like I said, goes to Big Brothers Big Sisters, and it is an important thing that we do every year, and it's so incredibly wonderful to see all the toys at the end of the show. And I want to further a point you said a minute ago, and it's not just our toy drive. So many toy drives that people do are so good, and, and they're all so wonderful, and, and please support all of them, or whichever one's easiest for you, not necessarily ours, but ours on Friday, we connect with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. The reality is, and I want to say this, I want to say it very clearly, because it stunned me. The, the child that gets that toy that you bring, an unwrapped toy, might be the only toy they get. And, I, and, and I've said that so many times that I know some people don't believe that. Well, believe that. Not everybody lead, leads the life you live, I live, we live. They just don't. And there are, trust me, since we started walk-off in 2017, I've seen it up close and personal. And, and the, real, the real, real reality is there are children that don't have a Christmas at all. And their parents explain to them that that's just not where, what we can do. And toy, we, we have more important needs than toys. And, and I get that. And, 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 but, but this is a difference you can make because that toy's going to them. That toy's going to them. That, whether it's a sports thing or whether, whatever it is, that toy's going to them. It's going to them. It's, so that's a big deal, man. Friday's a big deal for us. And we, I thank Brett for coming up with the idea however many years ago it was. And uh, we'll be. And we the, need to figure that out at some point, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. Brett probably knows. Yeah. It's at the Ale House. I think it's like maybe 12. It's okay. somewhere in there, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, but it's at the Ale House on Beach and Hodges. And uh, it will be, you'll have a good time in there. Brett buys everybody a drink if you want it. We all hang out a little bit afterwards. It's a really, it's a really fun night. It's a special, special Friday night. Uh, it's a special Friday night, and, and it is. And so We'll be collecting until 7 o'clock, so yeah. any time between yeah. 3 and 7, come on by, drop it off. And, it, and you don't even have to stay and have a drink if you don't have time. Just yeah, bring right. the present Absolutely by, right. and, and if you're busy, that's, that's which most I understand. Most, most people, it's a Friday and the holidays. They yep. drop on by and go, so we hope you'll do that. Um, I saw this. The baseball winter meetings are off and running, and the Shohei news is all the news. Um, who knows when he's going to, to, to make an announcement? But I read all about it. I read about all, normally I just read about the Pirates, but I read about all the teams. And you, you might know this if you follow it in the offseason, mm-hmm. Lauren. The Rays are trying to trade Glass now for sure and possibly a Rosarina. Did you, I read that today. I did not see that, but that doesn't surprise well, me. Well, Glass now I've read three or four times. And they're he, going, he wasn't as good yeah. after the injuries, they thought. Yeah, but he's really but good. But Rosarina is shocking. But he's, he's, I mean, Tyler Glass now and Randy Rosarina, you can't trade them. I mean, you can't trade them. I mean, I just, you know, Tyler Glass now, he was pretty good after the injury. He wasn't as good. He wasn't as good. He was pretty good after the injury. He, I mean, they just don't want to pay him. And, and, and again, I'm. My team's the same way. This isn't a, I'm just pointing to one team. Sure. There's, there's a handful of teams in baseball that are like that. And you can't trade Tyler Glass down Randy Rosarina if you're the Ray. I, I'm, I'm bothered. I'm, seriously, Hayes, I'm so bothered. I do it all the time. It's not a new bother. How do you? They're just going to trade them. And they're both in their prime. How old's Glass now? 28? That's uh, how old uh, Rosarina uh, is. They're, they're 27, 28 years old. I just don't know He's how 30. Glass you can expect to have fans. I, you, you know, they don't expect how, to have fans. And you will never have them. <laughs> they yeah. don't expect and to again, have them. And again, my team's the same way. I'm not just picking on the Rays. My team does the same thing. So I'm just, my team does, is, doesn't even get good first. At least the Rays got good first. But you can't make your point because I interrupted you. Well, I mean, it's you just like pay, imagine fans. a world in which you knew as a Jaguars fan that Trevor Lawrence was not going to be a Jaguar in two years. Right. Because ownership is never going to pay him what another team will. How discouraging would that be? Why would you even follow the team? Yeah, you wouldn't. 
I would. There would be no fans in the stands, to your point. And that's probably and partially not. why. Yeah, that's probably partially why they don't have fans uh, in their stands. I mean, when I saw that, listen, I, the, the one, <laughs> one of the guys already got left Lau or one of the Lau's or Lowe's or one of those guys already gone, and so I get that. But I mean, I get, I you that's the, you just had the best example. What if the Jaguars? What if there was no salary cap, and the Jags had a cheap owner? And the truth is, there is one. And they've got a very, very, a very giving wealthy owner. But what if they didn't? And you knew, eh, enjoy Trevor now, because the year after next he's gone. How awful would that be? It'd be terrible. It would be. It would be terrible. I mean, that's part of being a fan of professional sports. Yes, is, yes, is, yes. Is having that connections too strong? Because the but I mean, having that admiration for an athlete and and watching their entire career in your city and, and being able to say that you know I, I watched his entire 15 20 year career play out I mean it, it just it just to me it's like if you're not going to give that to your fan base it, it's it's beyond malpractice it's cruel it's not I mean, just bad business it's bad for the soul I I agree with you. I think great take. I think fan diehard fans of the Rays know what they're getting, and because they've had such success, even while trading Blake Snell, who just won the Cy Young, by the way, right. the Rays still had a really good season. They had some unfortunate things happen towards the end between injuries and Wander Franco and all that stuff, but and they still made the postseason, but. They traded Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young, and they still were successful. So I think Braves fans understand they have Kevin Cash and this really good manager. And Eric Neander, the GM, and, and all the pieces that they have in place have, have led them to winning seasons. So they can't, again, there's not going to be fans in the stands, but they can't get so incredibly infuriated if they end up trading those guys because they have to believe and they have been able to believe yeah. that the, the guys they're going to get and the prospects they're going to get are going to keep reloading. Yeah, except for the fact that they've got exactly zero championships, you know. They and, do. And, and, I mean, that's, but they've been in the World Series yeah, more recently than they, a lot they, of teams. They've, they've been twice to the World Series. But, they, but no, no, I, look, nobody debates how good they are at it. No, nobody debates they're really good at it. They're, they're a really good front office. But, I, you know, I don't care. I don't give a damn how good the Rays are or not. I just <laughs> think that for baseball, for, for Hayes said it best, are you going to buy a glass now jersey? I mean, you, what do you get to wear? By the way, do you still wear the jersey when the guy gets traded? What do do do? do I mean, I know like you wear a, you wear a jersey when a guy retires. It seems like fans do. Do they still wear the, the traded guy's jersey? As long as it wasn't like a, a bitter. As long, long as he didn't leave. Well, like, who did I just see the Red Sox traded to the Yankees? Um, yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Too. Uh, Verdugo. Yeah. The, the, so, like, when it's your bitter rival, yeah, it, yeah. I don't think Red Sox fans are going to still be wearing if they had Verdugo jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to still be wearing I, his I, jersey. I just, I, just when I saw that, that, I, that I've always thought, you know, I've always thought the Rays were a little bit of a – their existence has been a clownish franchise because the bad stadium and nobody goes to the games and people in Tampa, Tampa don't pay attention. But you can't not respect the way they do it. They're, 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 I mean, they, they play the right way. They get the right guys. They, they develop the right guys. They win a bunch of games. Uh, even this year, they were good. They did, the Rangers just were a buzzsaw. Everybody that, ran into, everybody that ran into the Rangers this year got good. That wasn't a raise thing. That was whoever was going to run into the Rangers was going to lose, including the Astros. So, they, so I mean, the Rangers, you just hit the buzzsaw at the wrong time. But that's not a, that, nothing the Rays did wrong. But, but now you run off, golly, I just think that. But wouldn't you bet, if you had to bet your own money, the Rays will make the postseason next year, even without a Rosarina and Glass now? Here's what I would bet. I, I, I Probably 
what a, the larger point where you're going with that, I would bet they'll continue to be a winning franchise. They'll continue to be very good at it, whether they have those guys or not. Right. No, no, they've and proven that. I mean, they, they, they have Randy Land in yeah. the trop. There's yeah. an entire section right. called Randy Land that you can't get tickets to for the yeah. fans that do go. I, they want to sit in Randy Land. I, 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 I and they might trade him. I almost can, in a weird sort of way, I almost can kind of accept the Blake Snell because he's a jerk. Uh-huh. No, no, I mean, he's a really good left-handed pitcher, but he wasn't, from, what, from what you read, he was a punk. Yeah. He wasn't very good in the clubhouse. He, he wasn't good with fans. And, and, and so I'm not saying trade, but I mean, I, he was Jalen. He was their Jalen, you know, so I can kind of, you, you hate to see Jalen Ramsey leave because he's such a good player, but there's part of you that didn't mind seeing him leave for this. Uh, Blake Snell was their Jalen Ramsey. But Glasnow and Rosarina, by all accounts, are wonderful Fan people, right? They, people love those guys. I know Glasnow was in Pittsburgh, and people loved him. He just, it just never, the light never went on for him. And then we traded away the whole team. I'm glad Clemente went there, so we'd have traded him. But the, uh, <laughs> but, but, but the, uh, but yeah. Just, anyway, just I, the story bothered me, so I thought I'd bring it up. We'll take a break. Uh, we've got the one hour to go on the program. This is 1010 XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. Everybody get up. One hour to go in the program. We're live. At Island Wing Company here on uh, the south side. Man, we love coming to Island Wing. Uh, two, twice a month here at Island Wing, south side, twice a month at that great Bartram location. Before long, there's going to be a Beach Boulevard location, too, and we're certainly excited about that. Speaking of Beach Boulevard, on Friday, we'll be at the Beach and Hodges location of the Ale House, the Miller's Ale House there. It'll be the Toy Drive brought to you by the Hastings Injury Law Firm. We're collecting toys for kids that will all go to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. Uh, we, they do a terrific job. They let us be part of it. I, I'm honored to be part of it. It's one of the most fun things we do, and that is this Friday. So come on by and say hello. We'd love to see you if you get a chance to stop by and, and say hello while we do the show on Friday. We're certainly looking forward to doing the show and, and having you come by and be part of it. So that'll be a fun time. So we hope you will do it. I, I want to get to, I want to reset our college point from earlier in the show about the portal. But before we do, can you spend maybe the next two hours, if you would, reading the injury report? Because it's somewhat <laughs> significant. <laughs> I mean, it, Jaguars, it's two it pages, is isn't it? Read it out if you want It was the best of times. It yeah. was the worst <laughs> of times. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. So when it comes to players who did not practice today, there are five. That would be cornerback Trey Herndon in the concussion protocol. Also, Christian Kirk, we know with the, the core muscle injury, uh, also known as the groin. Trevor Lawrence, ankle injury, Walker Little, hamstring, and Brenton Strange, foot injury. They did not practice today. Then you have several players that were limited, like I just mentioned. Quarterback C.J. Beathard with a shoulder injury. He did tell reporters in the locker room postgame that he was fine. Cornerback Tyson Campbell now has a quad injury that he suffered uh, in the game Monday night, so we'll be watching that. Safety Andre Sisco has a shoulder injury. He did return to the game, so that was at least good news. Running back Travis Etienne continues to deal with the ribs injury. Defensive lineman Foley Fadakasi has a heel injury. Running back Dearness Johnson, this one is a little bit of news to me, has a knee injury. Oh. And then wide receiver Zay Jones has a knee injury. He's been dealing with that for quite some time. That one does not surprise me. But to me, that's the first time I've seen that Dearness Johnson is, is dealing with an injury at all. And that's a lot of guys now. I mean, that, and look, we, we talk about Trevor because that's the most important one, obviously. 
And then we talk about Christian Kirk because that's the, that's the next most important one. And Christian's down for a while. Doug made that clear. Uh, Doug said yesterday it looks like it's going to be surgery. My guess is the surgery will probably happen this week and that, and that he'll be out for, um, if not the entire regular season, certainly close to it would be my guess. Um, losing Trey Herndon hurt. Trey Herndon has been a really good nickelback this year, a guy that everyone thought they were, he was just filling the spot that he wasn't really good. and He's been good this year. He, he has been very good. He's been a great blitzer. He's been great in, in run support coming up from that nickel mm-hmm. spot. And he's been a good coverage guy. They could play man with him now, which they're not sure they could have done in the past. So he's been good. So not having Trey Herndon, that, that affected the game the other day. When you're playing a team that's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you need all three guys. Not having, not having uh, him hurt the other day, I, I thought. The communication, I, I thought, was a disaster Monday night. And I think Herndon going out on the second defensive snap aided in that. I think it threw Devin Lloyd and out of some of his comfort zone and, and, and the secondary as well uh, in general. I think Aluakon had to sort of overcompensate because of the fact that he kind of looked around and saw some guys weren't as locked in as, as maybe they normally are. And it just, yeah, I think it absolutely had a, a tremendous negative effect. I, I think that matchup also accentuated, to your point, not having him because Cincinnati, the problems they, they give you at receiver when they're fully healthy. Right. I, I hope they have Herndon Sunday. If they don't have him Sunday, I don't think it's as big of a problem as it was against Cincinnati. But, yeah, he's a very underrated player. He's Again, we talk about guys that get everything out of what God gave them. And Trey Herndon is that, I mean, and then some. No, no one thought he was going to last in the league. Uh, it would be a cup of coffee and he'd be out the door. And he's really turned into a steady veteran player that can handle the mental challenge of playing the nickel and the physical challenge of playing the nickel. And, Lauren, you said uh, Dearness Johnson, the running back, popped up on the injury report with a knee. Who knows how serious. But you're right. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that one coming either. And remember now. Travis Etienne is playing with rib with the rib injury, mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem like he has quite the burst to me. I I I don't know if it's just they're just not they're not doing a very good job of run blocking, which I don't think they are. Uh, but he doesn't seem the same. Dearness Johnson now has got a knee a little bit. Tank Bigsby's healthy, but he's a he's a rookie. You would think in a rainy game, in a cold weather game, in a game where there's a there's a probably a pretty good chance you don't know for sure that you're playing your backup quarterback. Oh, boy, you need healthy running back. That injury report all of a sudden is rearing its head, isn't it? It is, and, and my concern, as I'm sure most people's, is Tank Bigsby has had a, a couple different issues this season with fumbling the football and so not having necessarily the best hands. You put someone like that in a high-pressure, intense situation with the backup quarterback potentially, but also with that weather, that is, I think, a big concern. So, yeah, I think you need ETN you need Johnson to be able to win this game. Yeah, it's a um – Back to your point, Hayes, you, you, the matchup concerns you on many fronts. Well, the injury uh, front doesn't help any, does it? No, it really doesn't. And, and not having Christian Kirk is going to really sting. And that's one that we I do agree. know is, is, you know, we very likely probably won't see him play another snap this season, which is really unfortunate. Because I, I, I just think he is so reliable. And he's a playmaker, too. Not, he's not perfect. He's had some drops. He's a pretty damn good but, player, though. But, pretty damn I mean, good player, man. To me, player, he man. is always going to give you a B plus. Yeah. And occasionally he'll give you an A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But a bad day for Christian Kirk is like 
a B minus, and those are rare. You're almost always going to get a B plus or higher, and uh, it's just I think that is really going to affect them. And we know they're not going to have Christian Kirk. I, you know, Walker Little being banged up. You know, we talked about it when Cam Robinson got hurt. How does this affect them? Well, it really doesn't affect them as long as they don't have another injury. Well, now they do. And, you know, going on the road, I, I think it's, it's going to be a really tough day for the Jaguars offense. I mean, Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, they are going to have their hands full trying to figure out against this Jim Schwartz defense that is number one in the league in total yards allowed, that's number one in third down, they are going to have their hands full to, to manufacture 17 points in this game in drives that have to go yeah. 50, 60 yards. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. the defense chips in a touchdown. Maybe yeah. the special teams does something, blocks a kick, something. But if, if the offense has to drive the field, I don't think you can expect more than 17. I would, I would assume – if Walker Little can't play, that Blake Hans is the left tackle, right? Would you assume that? I would assume, and and I would assume Miles Garrett is giggling at that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I that's would, what I would assume. Yeah, and he played all right actually when he played and went into the game the other day. I I would assume Blake. I think Blake Hans is a decent player, but you don't want him to be the guy blocking Miles Garrett. But yeah, I, I would think if we were starting a season, and that's what you were working with. Anton Harrison would be your left tackle, and, Bl- and, and Blake Hans would be your right tackle. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Anton Harrison is your left tackle sooner than later. I really wouldn't. But and in, then where does Walker Little go? I wouldn't sh- – and I don't know this. I'm guessing. But it would not surprise me if they flopped him. Okay. Uh, let's assume they don't bring – someone asked – by the way, Chad Kuhn asked me that today. He said, do I think there's a chance that Anton Harrison could be a left tackle? I do. He's what he played in college, you know. And, and I think he, he strikes me as an athletic guy that can one, one day be your left tackle. Would not be surprised at all. I would not be surprised at all is if they don't bring Cam Robinson back after this year, if Anton Harrison's their left tackle next year and, and Walker Little's their right tackle. Would not surprise me if they flop him. But we'll see. But for the here and now, Blake Hans is your left tackle. I, you, 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 I don't think you're going to move the rookie now. Uh, he's a rookie. I think Doug eliminated yeah. that today. He Did was he? Asked, yeah. yeah. Where he said we're not, we're too far. Yeah. We're too deep into it to and start I would, doing that. And I wouldn't either. Yeah. I mean, you, Anton, he's a rookie. He's a rookie who's become a damn good right tackle. You don't move him now. I don't think. I don't think it's what you do uh, for t- for today. So I by think the way, answered your left tackle. The Browns, uh, for what it's worth, have 16 players on their injury report. Three of those, though, are not injury-related, just rest for different lingering injuries. So really, 13 players, though. What did they list Omari Cooper as? They listed him as did not practice with concussion and ribs. Yeah, yeah. I, that'd the, be big. That would yeah, be would huge. Be they because I mean, again, already right. down to Sean Watson. Already down Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt did not practice today with a groin injury. And uh, Willis is on IR, right? I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. so. So I, I will tell you. he's not on the injury report, so yeah. The big story there is what do they do at quarterback? Joe Flacco's old, but Joe Flacco still drove some balls last week. He just didn't get him in the end zone. So I, um, what they wind up doing is the DTR is it Joe Flacco. That's By the way, that's the big story in Cleveland. It's still Quarterback's still quarterback. You know, and what they wind up doing at quarterback, I think, is the, the gigantic story. So we'll see. Let's take a break. I do want to get to the portal. A comment I made at the top of the show about what's going on in the portal, what's going on with some local teams. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. One, two. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show. Brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. 
We appreciate our friends from AC Design, the best in the business. Call AC Design for all your heating and cooling needs today. Frangie, Carlion, Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. I mean, it's coming at the top of the program. Guys are going to leave to go to the portal. Portal is usually players who aren't playing or players that are young and, and made the wrong choice, didn't fit when they got there. They knew it. It's time to go to the next thing. The last thing you want ever is veteran starters leaving. When your veteran starters start leaving, you're either a mid-level program or a program where the coach is about to get fired. Uh, I thought Princely Umanmielin leaving, clearly, if not Florida's best defensive player, probably with Shamar James out there, best defensive player. Would you agree with that? Without a doubt. Probably their best defensive player. So you got your best defensive player not play. You, your best defensive guy is gone with time. I thought he was coming out and going to go to the draft. He said, I'm going to stay in college football, but I'm going to go somewhere else, essentially. That is a really bad sign, and it's on the heels of guys like Tarkin and Josh Braun and Ethan White and Donovan McMillan and Tyron Hopper and Antoine Powell Ryland leaving last year and in past years. Uh, Will Norman's going, I think, significant because I think he could have been something special. Um, Chris McClellan, who I think would have been a starting tackle for them next year. This is Caleb Douglas is a guy that he's young. Boy, Hayes, I think that is a real concern when you start losing veteran good players. If you lose young guys, that's one thing. They just never fit. And, if they're, and again, I, I'm rooting for Billy Napier to make it. I'm not convinced he won't be good. I think he's going to have a good recruiting year. I think he returns a really good quarterback. I think they've got a chance next year. They have some tough games, but most of them are at home, which matters. But he has not done a good job of retention with the Dan Mullen guys. That, by far, has been his biggest weak area in his two years. Well, and there weren't that many good ones to start with. So it wasn't like you inherited a full cupboard of talent. It was bereft. And what was there, you've allowed or you've they've left. allowed it or they've gone. Uh, and so, yeah, he's in a predicament. And it's a, it's a, it's a really difficult one because the only hope Florida had – was to retain the few good players that they had on, on a 5-7 and seven team. Well, I, I didn't think Princely was returning to Florida. I thought he would go into the draft. But to hear that his plan is to play college football but not play it for Florida tells you he has very little confidence in the direction the program's going in. And he's not going to be the last one. I mean – the, the Trevor Etienne rumor has, feels like it's been out there now since 1979. <laughs> I mean, so. Oh, 10 and 1 and yeah, 79. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, in the stands so drinking get, too much. So he's not playing for you next year. And so, I mean, that's, that's two guys. We'll see about, you know, a Shamar James. And, I mean, it, the problem with college football now, if you're a fan of college football, is unless you're one of the few teams where your team is super elite, you're going to have to worry about this. And, and Florida is far from super elite. So really nothing is safe on the roster. Like there's no other than Graham Mertz and Cam Jackson who have announced I'm returning to Florida. Other than that, right. you've got another 25 days to languish in the uncertainty of who is actually going to be on my team next fall. Yeah, and I said earlier, I think it also sends a message to the other transfer portal players. When a guy like Prince Leumann Miel and decides to leave, 
he's sending a message to guys that are currently in the transfer portal, and right now there's around 1,500, and like Frank said earlier, there's expected to be around 5,000, that this may not be the place that you want to go. If I'm leaving, why would you want to come here? I was the leading – I had the most sacks on the team, leading sack guy, and I'm leaving. Like, because I may not think that this is the place for me to play, why would guys in the transfer portal then want to join Florida? Next year, it'll only be Billy Napier's third year. His third year. Why does that feel like it's been five? Who are the best players on next year's team, Hayes, that he didn't recruit? The Dan Mullen. What, who will be the best Dan Mullen recruit? It's only year three. Who will be the best Dan Mullen recruits on next year's team? Can you think of any? Big meat? Yeah, I mean. I mean, I honestly, I, like. Hey, he, he's, on, he's on the list. Yeah, I mean. Des I, Watson's on the list. Because I think Jason Marshall is somewhere else. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Did he, he recruited, I think, did he sign Austin Barber? I think Mullen did. He's a red, that's what I'm saying. So Austin Barber. Yeah. Des Austin. Watson. That, I, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at their, their, their depth chart. I'm trying to find good players that will be on the team next year. That 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 he kept from Mullen. And by the way, Crashaw? yeah, who's that? Punter. <laughs> right. And by and by the way, listen. What's the long snapper's name? <laughs> Rocco. Yeah, Rocco Underwood. Hey, I hey, think. hey! Do not disparage. Get his, I'm not. To get his res- great put player. respect on his name. Yeah. Um, but and, and look, when this first happened, here's how the narrative changed with Napier. Here's how it changed. Originally, we thought it was all because Mullen didn't recruit anybody. Correct. But now, is it still that, or did he maybe recruit some more good players than we gave him credit for, and they all left? Again, I'll do it again. Hopper. McMillan, who was, who was Pitt, one of the best, best safeties in the ACC this year at Pitt. Hopper, McMillan, Tarkin, Braun, Ethan White, Powell Ryland, now Uman Mielin, um, Xavier Henderson. They weren't terrible players. I'm not saying they're all great players. But they, that's an awful lot of good players that he recruited that are now playing somewhere else. Look, I mean, like it or not, you can't, you know, scoff at any of those guys when you went 5-7. and seven. That, do, that doesn't give you any license yeah, I, I thought to today, sit there and say, oh, we didn't need him. I thought today's news. As you sit at home yeah. on December 6th. 6th. Yeah, I thought today's news was bad, really bad news. I thought, I thought today's news, of all the ones we've heard, same thing for FSU, as good as a, as a wonderful season as they had, and sad the way it ended for them. I think Patrick Payton being in the portal is bad news. They did not have a lot of uh, star young players coming back. I'm not saying not any, but they didn't have a lot of stars coming back. And, and again, I asked you yesterday, not knowing any of that news, with all these guys coming out early, which stars does FSU have coming back? And he was the first guy you mentioned. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, he was the first guy. I mean, he's a top 10. He's, he's, he's a good player. That when he, whenever he goes in the draft, I'm assuming it'll be 25. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he's got top 10 pick written all over him. So, I mean, he, he's going to command a lot of money in, in NIL. And, you know, again, it, it, it's two totally different scenarios. But it does make me want – I think Princely's leaving Florida – because he doesn't like the direction of where the team is going. Right. And he's like, why would I put myself through another year of losing seven games right. uh, and, and having no help around me? I, why would I put myself in, in that situation when I can leave, go play for Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State or Texas, wherever it is, and have a chance to win the whole thing and be in an atmosphere of fun and winning and achievement? And with Peyton, I think with Peyton, it's, it's concerning not because of the culture. I don't think anybody disputes that Mike Norvell has built something special in terms of the, the closeness 
and the harmony that they have. But does he look around and say, well, everyone's leaving, and I don't want to be one of the few guys. I mean, maybe he's looking around and saying, look, our team is really top-heavy, and we don't have a lot of guys that are going to be on my level once this draft class moves on. And so I want to get to a situation where, you know, not only am I going to play like I would here, but I'm going to have better talent around me, and I'm going to be going to a place that has a chance to win the whole thing. Because I, I think FSU will be good next year. I mean, I think they'll make the 12. Uh, but I think it'll be probably between that 8 to 11 seed, you know, which, which means that I think they'll make the tournament but probably not win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have every, every school in America is going to offer Peyton. So, I mean, he, he's going to have his choice, and I would assume big NIL dollars that come along with it. Yeah, but I think the difference, Frank, is the two fan bases are going to view these incredibly differently. Uman Mielin, Gators fans are like, are you kidding me? You were one of the very few players that we had that were good that would be coming back, and Billy Napier needs you to come back. Mike Norvell is completely and totally safe. Patrick Payton, the fan base is probably viewing it as, well, you know what? Mike Norvell does really well in the transfer portal. So, yes, we don't want to see Patrick Payton go, but we understand it. But we are confident in our coach filling his, his position, his role, in, and all those other ones that are leaving between recruiting and the transfer portal. People don't have that faith in Billy Napier. I will say this. I'm looking at the FSU depth chart now. This is the depth chart they released for the Louisville game, right? Boy, the amount of redshirt seniors and redshirt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, staggering. Jared Verse, a redshirt junior, he's out. Braden Fisk, redshirt senior, can't come back. Fabian Lover, love it, redshirt senior, can't come back. Patrick Payton, sophomore, just said he's leaving. Tatum Bethune, redshirt senior. Caleb Deloach, redshirt senior. Jerry and Jones, redshirt senior. Who has that many redshirt seniors? Akeem Dent, redshirt senior. Renardo that Green. That COVID year, the I mean, gift I mean, that just keeps on giving. One, two, I mean, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have eight guys that started on their defense that were fifth-year players. Nobody has that. No. And, and so they're all gone next year. Rodemaker's back. Do Benson and Toafili come back? Because they can. They're redshirt juniors. I think Benson's going into the draft would be my guess. Yeah, that I would, would be think. my guess. I don't yeah. know about Toafili. He's pretty high up. Toafili's running back. Johnny Wilson just said he's coming out. i got to believe Keon Coleman, who's I mean, a true yeah. junior. i got to believe he comes out. He's a first-round pick. Jaheim Bell is a redshirt junior. He's out, I would think. Kyle Morlack, the other tight end, is a redshirt junior. So they'd be coming back for their fifth year. Their offensive line, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, redshirt junior, redshirt senior. Wow. It is really written. Bless Harris, who's a redshirt senior. I thought he was done, but he just he just went to the portal. So Yeah, apparently, like, Ricky Pearsall had another year. Yeah, I so didn't know that until he it's, announced. It's yeah. so hard the to The COVID know, year, to your point. You yeah. know, who actually has yeah. eligibility left yeah, and yeah, who doesn't right. because of the ridiculous COVID year. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, because, I, I mean, Pearsall's been listed as a redshirt senior right. all year long. <laughs> right, right. So, he came to college as one. He was yeah. a redshirt senior when he got to Arizona State. Right. Is that, so, I mean, it, it's – but he did have to actually declare that he's giving up eligibility enter the draft and, and he should he should go into the draft but poor Mertz <laughs> um yeah it's just uh interesting it's so. the, the it's what Billy Napier is getting ready to do over the next month is absolutely going to define his tenure yeah and, and, and he's going to have to find and I'll say it again he's he recruited good players last year so they've got they really do have I mean Kelby Collins and TJ Cersei and Cameron James and, and they're good players. And I like Jordan the Castell. safeties. Yeah, the safeties yeah. are good. Eugene Wilson. The young receivers are good. They, they, he recruited, but you can't win with that. No. In the Southeastern Conference, a Southeastern – by the way, in the SEC, 
with an SEC that added Texas and Oklahoma, with an SEC with a schedule next year that your three non three of your non conference games are Miami, UCF, and FSU. You cannot win with young players. You cannot. So he's got to go find a bunch of veteran guys, or he doesn't make it to year four. That that I'll say it again: if he gets to year four, that means he won at least seven or eight next year. Six and six, I don't think he gets to year four. No, uh, seven and five, he could get there. Eight and four, he will get there. He gets to year four, they're going to be pretty good. I really believe that. Assuming Lagway is what you hope he'll be, so we'll see. Let's take a break. Lauren wraps the program with news and notes right after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen. I need to know, on Sunday, were y'all watching the... 49ers-Eagles game. Uh, parts of it. Did you see the incident with the security Yeah, Yes. Dom? Dom. Oh, yeah. I'm great. not messing with Dom. <laughs> yeah. So, ever since uh, that incident, now the NFL has had to issue this statement. Please ensure that all members of your game day staff understand that their role does not extend to being involved with game day altercations and that they must refrain from such involvement. Did you think it was Dom's fault well, while watching? I, I, I was kind of half watching. Okay. So I, so I, 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 you know what I mean? I, didn't, I wasn't watching as closely as I should have. I just know I don't want any part of Dom. That's all I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm on uh, Team Dom here as well. You are? Yeah, yeah I think. I mean, it, it, he was right. It happened right in front of him. I wasn't watching I don't think he enough. sought it out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it kind of happened right in front of him, and maybe he took one step. More than he should have. I think he might have said something because I don't. Why else would Dre Greenlaw like put his yeah. hand near him? Well, I mean, you're allowed to talk. I mean, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> maybe but, not if you're just head of yeah, security. Yeah, I ain't messing with Dom. I'm, I'm not standing my ground. Well, stand apparently, on. I'm on Team Dre. Yeah, yeah. Greenlaw. Well, I'm not messing with Greenlaw either. But I'm not <laughs> messing with Dom. I'm standing my ground on this one. All right. As far as the uh, Pro Bowl votes are concerned, uh, they haven't started voting yet, but. There are players that are in consideration for that, and here they are in their numbers in the AFC as far as the Jaguars are concerned. Linebacker Foye Oluwakun is number three. Good. Brandon McManus, the kicker, is number five. Safety Andre Sisco is number three. Outside linebacker Josh Allen is number two. Punter Logan Cook, number five. Running back Travis Etienne, number two. And tight end Evan Ingram, number three in the AFC. Yeah, I would think every guy you, everybody you mentioned. That's pretty good. I would have guessed would get pro ball votes. And I, think, I even put Darius Williams on my list because he had the three interceptions early in the year. But I would guess everybody, I'm not surprised anybody you mentioned would get pro ball votes. Are you? No, no. I think it's, uh, I think it's very, uh, a, a very comprehensive and thorough list. And I'm glad to see those, uh, those low numbers. That's what you want to see. Well, maybe the voting actually has started. Yeah, so you can go online, go to ProBall.com slash vote, and you can vote for your Jags. Yeah, I mean, we made that point a long time. The Jags have a lot of players mm-hmm. who, who should get Pro Bowl consideration. I'm not saying they all will or should make the game, but they have a number of players who deserve Pro Bowl consideration. We didn't talk about this as far as since I've been uh, here this week. The Texans lost wide receiver Tank Dell in the win over the Broncos. How much he has a season-ending ankle-slash-fibula injury, how much does that affect the Texans? Greatly. He's a big part of their offense. He is light. He's a little guy, but, man, he is lightning quick. Uh, I, I think he's faster than Nico. I, I, think he's, I think he's their fastest receiver. Lightning quick, change of direction guy. 
and you could see a, 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 a chemistry developing between C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell. So I think not having him is a, is a gigantic loss for the Texans. Yeah, it's massive. I think it's on par with the Jaguars losing Christian Kerr. I do, I mean, too. I, I think even though he's a rookie, I think Tank Dell has established himself on that level. So massive loss for Houston. Really, I agree. Uh, quarterback Carousel, the Vikings are sticking with Josh Dobbs. It looks like he'll be getting or he'll be able to throw to Justin Jefferson, and the Jets are going with Zach Wilson. The saga with the Jets and Zach Wilson has been fun to watch. Not fun, I shouldn't say that, but interesting to watch from afar as far as uh, he doesn't even want to be on the team. No, he's the starting quarterback. The, 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 the big disconnect with him, the, 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 what people can, the, the enigmatic part of him, is he's really talented. He's, he's got a rifle arm. He's got a lightning quick release. He's athletic as heck. But he's not a very good quarterback. You know, he's one of those guys that the skill set is, I mean, he's got one of the better arms in the league. He's super athletic. He can make the no-look passes. But, but the light, it just because he's still young, but it just never really happened for him. Well, and I, he's, he's never had any sort of confidence and and I don't know that that can re, be rebuilt at this point. I really don't think it can be rebuilt uh, with the Jets. You know, does he at his next stop is he able to harness yeah, something right. and and maybe have some good fortune that allows him to get another chance to you know to show he can play? I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, he just looks like you know, sometimes athletes just lose their confidence and whatever confidence he took into the NFL Mm -hmm. I think is long gone. Matt Hayes wrote this on Saturday Down South today don't even hesitate Jaden Daniels become the first Heisman winner to opt out of a bowl game and protect your financial future that's of course assuming Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman but moreover should he set out the bowl game? I hate it when guys do Uh, it's always bugged me but I can't argue the rationality of it I mean listen you're, you're protecting millions and millions and millions of dollars that can you set you for life, set up your family for life? How can you ever? How can you ever consider that irresponsible when you understand the significance of it? I hate it, but yeah, I, I couldn't fault him. Yeah, I, I think in it, at this stage, when you're talking about particularly a player like Jaden Daniels, who I think has a chance to really rise, uh, I, I just I don't know why you would put yourself in that situation to you know to play and, and risk the injury particularly how he plays, there's mm-hmm. plenty of film on Jaden Daniels. Yep. He has started a ton of games in college, so I don't think he needs one more film in a, in a bowl game to sway anybody. And so, no, I, I don't blame him. I would start getting ready for the draft process is tedious. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things you've got to do. So to give yourself a, an extra couple of weeks just to rest and not have to worry about football before you start having to get into – combine prep and interview prep and pro day prep and everything that comes with it i I don't blame them yeah it's a gauntlet for sure all right last night in men's basketball florida had a very slow start frank including nine turnovers in the first half against merrimack at one point was down by 10 but walter clayton had 21 of his 26 points in the second half florida had a 20 to nothing run in the second half and now florida plays host to richmond saturday at four o'clock yeah i don't know what to make of him uh <laughs> hand locked and i do appreciate he played two plays yeah. for two minutes uh so his so he's he's still hurt um trevor lawrence is about to come back from always having his leg twisted off maybe mikey can play against richmond the uh the um I'm, I'm kidding i don't know but i i don't know what to make of them um i think clayton's their best player uh, Kugel, maybe the most NBA 
talented player because of his size and athleticism. I think Clayton's got to get more shots up. He seems to pass up shots. The great shooters usually can't wait to let one fly. You know that? Will Richards can't wait to let him fly, and he's not as good a shooter. At one point he was one of nine, I yeah, think, last he, night. He, he's just okay, though. He is not a great athlete. He's just okay. Clayton, I think, is their best player. Pullen isn't, isn't a scorer but needs to be on the court a lot. The, the young big guys play hard. I don't know what to make of them. I, in a brutally hard SEC, you got I mean, they were, they were 10 and 8 in the league last year and didn't get in. So uh, I was more encouraged probably three games ago than I think I am now. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've dipped from what they showed early on in, in beating Pitt. Uh, but I think they're going to be fine. I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing is health. I mean, Poland is injured, and so right. he wasn't – he played, but is battling, I believe, a shoulder. I, I mean, the log is, is a force in the paint <laughs> when he's out there. So I do think he'll make a difference. And he is a, he's a guy they yeah. need. He, he's a legitimate – Because their defense is really bad without right. him. I he, mean, yeah, he, he I doesn't agree. have to score much. I mean, anything he gives you offensively is bonus points. Yeah. But the three blocks that he's going to get and the 11 rebounds. And the altered and the, shots. Exactly. Like, that's where I agree. He's they're a re- really missing that. He's a legit rim protector. Both Hauk and Condon are good 6'10", 6'11", freshmen. But they're not going to block the shots, that guy. He's seven foot one and long wingspan. He's going to block a lot of shots. All right. Time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by... Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is Trevor Lawrence. I thought he looked good at his press conference. Great to see him not wearing a boot, moving around. And uh, my confidence that he's going to be active on Sunday has certainly gone up. I, I put it at like 20% this morning that he'd be able to play. Now I think I'd put it at, at 45%. I still don't think he's going to play. But I'm much more encouraged that he might after seeing him talk about the injury today. Yeah, and, and I'll go with college football. We talked about it several times today. Prince Lee Umanmi Allen in the transfer portal for Florida. That's a dagger. He led the team in sacks, and he was a leader on the defensive side of the ball. And, and the fact that he's leaving is, is not a good sign, it seems, for the program and the culture that Billy Napier has created. Uh, we shall see what he does in the transfer portal uh, moving forward and, and really how many more players enter the transfer portal from Florida will also be something to watch. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Rick Palou joins us on the program. Rick, we have been lamenting because we're all Florida people. Uh, Princely Umami Allen coming out. Patrick Payton yesterday was really surprising to me. Possibly FSU's best returning player. Were you shocked by that like I kind of was? Yeah, you know, I was, even though we flirted with it a year ago, him and Joshua Farmer did, and they both wanted more cash. And um, Uh, my understanding, and I said it last night on the show, that that, uh, I think it's a fluid scenario. I I think he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid a lot of money. My uh, guess is there's other schools that have um, made that known to him that that he can make a lot of money. Uh, So I, I don't think Florida State is out of the running here for Patrick Payton. I don't think so. I got you. And, and, you and know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I had a, quite a few people reach me today and say he uh, he actually deleted that tweet from right. yesterday. So right. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah, means. That, 
but I hear you. I, you know, I was just surprised by it because he's a good, yeah. really good player. Oh, you can't afford he's to lose him. I mean, they're going to lose a lot yeah. of players to the NFL yeah. um, and others yeah. to transfers. But, you know, if you were to put a roster by pay, I think he'd be number one on that yeah. roster. Yeah, I agree with you. Rick, uh, Trevor Lawrence looked like he uh, – I don't know if he's playing again or not on Sunday, but he sure – it's a, it's, they sure, it sure could have been a lot worse, couldn't it, watching him talk today? It's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. I, I just can't think of how many folks went to bed on, uh, you know, Monday night thinking, oh, my God, this is it. It's over. You know, he's out for the year. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hear of the MRI. And then today, you're 48 hours later, not even 48 hours later, much better. Yeah, whether or not he goes this weekend or goes next weekend, um, you know, I think is uh, is almost irrelevant at this point. Just the fact that he is going to definitely be back. This is such a great, uh, you know, this is such a great day for Jaguar fans, knowing that you're going to get him back at some point. What else coming up tonight, Rick? All right, um, this is my first opportunity to talk about the college football playoff. Um, obviously, Monday night we had the game, and then last night yeah. was 100% Jaguars' reaction after. Uh, their loss and all the injuries. So everything that I feel about the college football playoff, I've been sitting on it since 1220 on Sunday. That is coming up in less than five minutes. Whatever you are planning to do, change it and turn on 1010XL. I'll be listening, uh, Rick. Thanks, buddy. We Should be a lot it. of fun. Thank you. All right, Rick Ballou. Ooh, you don't think that'll be good, will you? Yeah, that's uh, whatever that's you were planning a, to do. Yeah, if you it. had concert tickets, sell them, right. okay? Because Baloo's about to go off. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good stuff. Uh, Rick Baloo comes up right now. We're out of here. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Trangy. So long.